Yo, what's up, everybody? It's time for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined as always by my co hosts, my partners in crime, Jim Cross, Randy Jowers, and guys, tonight's episode three titled All Grace and No Mercy because tonight we got University of Memphis women's soccer star Grace Storty joining us. But before Grace gets on with us, Jim, my man, you got the 75 hard challenge going on. You got the Truvy, you got the supplements, you got weight loss in effect. You got it all going down, man. Talk to me. How's how's the progress going? Where are we at? And just tell me, how's the journey so far? Man, 57 days in the books. We're almost there. It almost feels normal and natural. You know, they say 30 days to create a routine. I believe in that. So I think the the final push will not be as hard as I originally thought. And what makes it easier is, you know, the Truvy, man. Being on the boost, being on the supplements, uh, it's making my life that much easier. It's taking the cravings down. It's keeping me it's keeping me full of energy, keeping me hydrated. So down 33 pounds, only four pounds, Daniel, four pounds from my goal. And I got 17 days to do it. So, brother, I feel real good, and I feel good about it. So shout out to the product. Shout out to the 75 Hard Program. Man, that's, that's awesome, man. You set a goal. You hit it. Speaking of goals, man, let's get right to it. Let's help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview in podcasting this week, University of Memphis women's soccer star, Grace Storty. Yo, Grace, what's up? How are we doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you guys? We are blessed as always and glad to have you on. You know, before we get into all things Grace, I, I got to know, were you able to get in on some of the festivities of the week leading up to the football game? And, and, and or were you training? Were you playing? What, what was going on this weekend? No festivities leading up to the game, but uh, I think our whole Memphis women's soccer team got to watch partially and if not all the football game on Saturday. So it was a fun time. Well, excellent. I mean, th those guys, that, that was Saturday. Tonight is about you. It's about soccer. So, you know, let, let's dive right in. So, you know, we always start with the backstory and, and I got to know you are from Canada, like, map it out for me because Canada is a big place yeah. and you guys work a little bit differently than having states and cities. So mm -hmm. like, uh, explain it to me. So I'm from Alberta and Alberta is our state, but we call the province and it's right above Montana for reference. What's, what is that? I mean, are you, are you, when I picture Montana, I think about like, desolate like very scenic like woodsy maybe i mean not a lot of people very like is that what we're talking about or, or is alberta like a heavily populated area in canada um all of the above you have some really pretty cities and then where i'm from i'm right in the mountains so i have really pretty lakes big mountains lots of trees so you get a little bit of everything but i take it you you enjoy when you can spending some time outside Oh, I love it. Grew up like that. So you talk about growing up like that. Explain to me, like, what's the dynamics of your house? You got brothers, sisters, are you living with mom and dad? 
what's, what's the I, we have a family of four so it's me my dad my mom and my younger sister oh a younger sister yeah how, how how much younger she's three years younger than me so she's 16 right now oh you 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 gave her the business didn't you <laughs> i think she'd say i have definitely I mean, that's the only way to do it. You know, I, I was a, a younger sibling and, and growing up, my sister gave me the business too. And yeah, you know, eventually we got to high school. We, you know, we, we became best friends. So it, it's crazy how that those things work, but I think it's part of like the ritual of growing up. Like you gotta give a little bit so that they, you know, kind of, you, you gotta establish a little dominance, I think. Exactly. All right, so soccer. Was soccer the only sport that you that you played? Like when I picture like sports growing up in Canada, I, I imagine there's a lot of indoor activities going on. Um, competitively, yes, but um, I'd like to think I'm really good at hockey. And then growing up in middle school, I did any sport you could think of with my team. So soccer, hockey, I mean, what else? Get, get, I did. Give me the list. In junior high, I was a city champ wrestler. I was on the volleyball team. I did badminton. I did flag football. Um, what else did I get into? I did some soccer. I literally almost everything. I mean, just a total, I'm going to say it, total badass. Daniel, Daniel, they need to they need to update her page on at the University of Memphis. Like all that stuff's not on there. That needs to be listed. That's credentials, bro. Yeah, the SI department at, at Memphis needs to step it up because um, I I think it would be pertinent in the in the the game the game day. You know that everybody every opposing team needs to know that you played hockey, that you were a wrestler. And you play badminton. Now, badminton might not seem like it, this this crazy sport, but I'm sure you could you could get after it and, and take somebody's eye out or something. Oh, it was super competitive when it came down to it. All right. So, of those sports, which which one did you enjoy the most? And the reason I ask is because we have guys on here, um, girls on here. We we have all these athletes on, and and they they always talk about, you know, the one sport that they weren't as competitive in. That was the one that they had the most fun in. And it tends to be basketball for a lot of our, our, our baseball guys. So, and they're not good at basketball, despite what they say. So, so what sport was it other than soccer? What was that, that passion that you had, or what was the sport that was the most fun to play? I'm kind of torn between three. One was more competitive because I did it with my school, and that was definitely volleyball. I'm a sucker for volleyball. Um, and then once I found out you could compete in wake surfing and water skiing, I got super into that as well. I mean, it, if there's a competitive piece to it, you're, you're in for it, right? You're game. Oh, all in, all in. Spike ball, you name it. Man, I feel bad for your sister because I'm sure <laughs> it was just – total domination um you know we talk about all those sports and all those different avenues and, and things to do i'm i'm really jealous i mean you know growing up in, in in tennessee and now living in florida i feel like the gamut of things that you just listed like 
we're not even scratching the surface of the things that you know you guys offer so um with all those things what were your biggest influences or who were your biggest influences uh was it professional athletes was it mom dad was it coaches like who was it i definitely say my parents definitely until I grew up more. Um, both my parents played soccer. My dad made it all the way up to Team Canada, played university. My mom, not as serious, but um, they definitely started me out. And then once I got older, I had a coach back home, Troy Flannery, and uh, he really set the bar high. And I constantly, I still try to reach it. I feel like you say Coach Flannery. Mm-hmm. I, I picture this Irish guy that just yells a lot. He actually is Irish, uh, and he does yell. He's he's definitely hardcore. That's, I mean, hey, sometimes that's what you need. You need a kick in the butt sometimes, but you need exactly. a, a little fear, um, but, you know, some love that comes behind that fear as well, and I'm sure um, mom and dad both, both instilled that in you. Um, you know, this was a big year for the Olympics. I mean, outside of um, – the whole COVID and actually getting a chance to do it, you know, Canada, first gold medal in soccer. I mean, is it, is it prideful? Is it something that you do low key because you're living, you know, in the States or, or are you adamant and, and throwing shade and giving people crap when Canada's on, on the field? Oh, we definitely were. And it was crazy because I've played with and against some of those girls on that team. So it just made it way, way better knowing that I could rub it into all my American teammates' faces that we finally won a gold medal over them. You said, you know what? Not only is is my home country in it, they're going to win it. But you know what? On top of that, I played with those girls. So, like, y'all ain't got nothing. (laughs) So, Grace, um, I gotta ask you a question before I get into high school. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I don't know if you put this together yet. There's a we have a, a Canada connection here in Memphis and, and Drake. You probably heard of the rapper Drake, I'm sure, right? Yep. Okay, I don't know. You know his dad lives here. He spent some summers here. I figured that's the that's why you made this move, huh? Yeah. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. I, I, I figured. He, I figured as much. He's offering the ni nil money. I think. That's right. You tell Drake to come on. <laughs> So for those that don't know, what high school did you attend? I went to Bishop Grandin High School. Okay, is that big school, small school, middle? <sighs> no schools back home are really big, so I'd say middle, middle of the pack. Middle of the pack, okay. So for those also that don't know, and, and you talked about a lot of competitive sports there, but in high school, is high school soccer – competitive or is it here where it's really like club soccer is where all the competitive stuff happens uh back home high school soccer isn't really a thing I actually did one year of that uh because I couldn't participate in it because of my club my sorry my club soccer so high school is just sort of a hobby high school sports is a hobby for everyone okay okay well speaking of that you helped lead uh the foothills to a Canadian national championship a couple of titles, 2016, 2019. You mentioned that you played with and against some of those people on the American team and even, I think, the Can- Canadian team. Tell us about those experiences. Um, obviously, Nationals is a really big thing to win. It's the biggest tournament in Canada that you can partake in, and fortunately, we won that one. I actually scored on my own net in that game, so that was 
whirlwind of emotions and then lots of other things with that foothills team back home so it's crazy yeah i heard that so you also trained with the u15 and u17 uh in the the camp so why are those camps so important in, in your development how did it get you to where you're at now i think it definitely um mentally it really challenges you because you're away from home at a young age or i, I guess it depends when you go but uh, you go away for a week and you're training with the best of the best. So it's definitely a um, very competitive environment. And so we kind of covered this a little bit, obviously, here and how competitive you are. But at what age were you to where you knew, hey, I'm, I'm in these camps. I'm doing this. this. I'm with the competitive team, the club team, doing my thing. What age was it that you felt like you were on that level or even above? I think at the Canada camps, I wasn't quite sure if I was actually able to compete with them because I kind of got cut short of being on that team. But it was uh, when I was 16 and I started playing UWS that I realized I could compete with extremely high level athletes. Yeah, I heard that. So if soccer didn't work out, badminton was where you were going to go? Uh, volleyball, badminton, water skiing, one of those. Whoever, whatever, as long whatever. as you're playing a sport. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you kind of talked about your path there. At what point did you get on college's radar? Um, I started reaching out to colleges when I was in the 10th grade and verbally committed to Memphis in September of that year. Okay, so 10th grade, so you're pretty young. Okay, so let me let me ask you another question. I see how you're you have this tenacious – uh, appetite for every sport were you the same way in academics I try really hard in school but uh, sometimes it doesn't always work out for me so it's oh, girl I feel that in my soul yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of you said you reached out uh, to a couple colleges where did you have other choices besides Memphis or what were the top three I did um before officially agreeing to Memphis I, the plan was actually to go to University of Colorado Boulder um, and then that didn't work out last minute so I decided Memphis Memphis actually was the better team I think I was just more starstruck with how pretty the campus was in Boulder yeah I imagine that Boulder would be a lot more like Canada than Memphis is yeah, yeah. but definitely beautiful place out there okay so why Memphis other than being a better team once I actually sat down and like looked at what Memphis had to offer besides soccer, like all the programs they had. And once I finally got out to visit just the team culture, it was like felt you felt right at home here. So it's crazy. Let me ask you one more question before I turn you over to Jim. I don't want to steal his shine. How often do people ask you where you're from here? Often they say I they can't tell what accent I have. And then when I say I'm from Canada, they're like, oh, that makes sense. But I don't think I have an accent, so it's funny. You think all of us have an accent, don't you? You guys have a very strong Southern accent. <laughs> Hi, I'll give you over to Jim now. Yeah, the, the first thing my daughter had asked Randy was, does she end everything in A? Like, you know, you hear about they do. <laughs> is, that the, is that the case? Oh, all the time we get made fun of. Someone will say, you're from Canada, eh? And I'll be like, I don't say that, but yes, I am. <laughs> You know, fellas, I think upon the time that she was started getting recruiting, I think, you know, Penny Hardaway has had such a big deal in recruiting in basketball. I think he was a part of the recruiting of her to soccer, too. I think I think he even started bringing in the best of the best in all the sports, fellas. So that's what I think. 
she she said I want to I want to be a part of what's going on in Memphis. She said I want to I want to get some some of Penny's Nike shoes and I want to be a part of that. That's that's what happened, especially because she can play every sport. She's probably thinking maybe I might I might get on the the court and play basketball too. So real, you talk about we talk about the transition shifting from Canada to you know here in Memphis, Tennessee. I mean, what kind of culture shock is that like? Because I mean, I I can only imagine. It was a really big culture shock. Um, people, this sounds really awful for me to say, but people definitely aren't as nice here. So that was something I had to get used to, was just figuring out who I was running into and how that might go every single time at the conversation. But for the most part, everyone, everyone's sweet here. But every now and then you get someone who's just not not happy. Well, well Grace, let, let me tell you something. Don't come to Florida. There's some. There's some rude and mean people and, and and tampa where i live is is about like the best of the best any further south of tampa you get people you're not gonna get very nice people tampa has tom brady so y'all are partiers oh, up there. oh yeah tom and gronk i mean there's a lot of championships rolling through this city right now i will say that you know, how did we end up getting to talk about Tom Brady during a soccer session? I, I'm a little, I'm a little disappointed, but luckily the guests brought it up and not you, Daniel. So we're, we're gonna let it fly. But you know, you, you talked about the the people are different and not a, and not as nice. So I take it with that. You know, we're we're talking about Memphis and not back to the Canada portion. But I mean, people up north really, really nice. Extremely nice. We say sorry a lot. <laughs> Well, y'all shouldn't do so much wrong then. Like, that's the way I see it. All right. So when you got to Memphis, you joined another WFC player in Maya Jones. Um, you know, how exciting was that for you to join someone from where you're from? Oh, it was definitely made the transition a lot easier, especially growing up and playing with her. Just being knowing that I was able to play with her again, just was, it's bittersweet. So y'all did y'all play on the same team or at any she point? We'd play against each other. Occasionally, we'd play with each other. But since she was a year older than me, she was on the older team. Gotcha. All right. So freshman year, let's get into it. You know, you started all 12 games. You notched three goals, one assist. You're, you know, you're listed as a midfielder defender. Um, I've been to watch you play three times now. Um, it seems more like you're on that back line defense. Obviously, you come up. That's why you get goals. But it seems like um, defense is definitely your priority. Is that the case? Yeah, I've, I don't know why they have me as a midfielder because I always was in the back, but um, I think they get confused with how much I do end up attacking. Yeah, and that's something that I want to get into with you because, um, you know, my daughter is a defender and a lot of her friends and herself, you know, listen to these episodes where we have soccer players on and they're very timid. You know, they they play defense and they feel like that's their only job but I explain and we go and we go to a lot of college games we've obviously went and watched you multiple times and I explained that the defense when you get to a higher level is going to be a part of the attack and you know whether it's delivering assists or, or you know putting shots on goal and so um at what at what level did that really start to become part of your game where you was it college or was it before that during club ball where you started becoming somebody who was a part of the offense and not just the defense I'd say it was when I transitioned. I originally was a forward on the wing. So it's when I got pushed back into that outside back position that I realized I still could go forward and attack. It was just 
the rule is, and my dad always said this to me growing up, is just defend first, attack second. So once you get the ball and make sure that they don't do anything with it, you have all the freedom in the world to go and travel up the field. Absolutely. Your dad's a smart man. And defense, defense is the priority. You got you to prevent them from scoring first. So, you know, as far as the way y'all game plan, you know, and especially because you just said you played for it some, is there any games, depending on the way y'all strategize, that you, you do move around and you're not on the back line? So last game, not last game, two games ago against Drake in the last 10 minutes, I did get pushed up. And last year in the NCAA final against Utah Valley, I was playing striker for 10 minutes there. So if coach needs me somewhere and he feels confident, I guess sometimes I do get thrown up up top. And you're okay with that because you're a gamer. Every Everything you've said, it, se it seems like there's nothing that you're scared of. Yeah, forward's a grind and I love doing it. So it's fun. All right. So during that freshman season, you scored the game winning goal, the only goal of the game against UCF on March 7th. Uh, how much fun was it uh, skinning the scoring the game winning goal against, uh, you know, a conference opponent? That was a crazy game. Um, tight game, obviously, with the one goal. But uh, it was a great goal, if I'm remembering it correctly. So um, it was definitely a fun moment with the team. Yeah. And so you brought up Utah Valley, you know, that. Uh, was your first round loss in the NCAA tournament. You obviously made it there. Um, you know, a lot of our guests are, are pretty honest when we ask questions like this. And I, I seem to think that the kind of competitor you are, you will be as well. Was, you know, Utah Valley a better team or was it just Memphis didn't execute? Selfishly, no. We were the better team, but I think we went into that game already focusing on the next and not focusing what was in front of us at the moment. Um, so that was definitely a big lesson. I think everyone learned that day. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with your answer. Feeling like you're the better team doesn't make you selfish, and especially when you admitted that y'all made the mistake of overlooking the opponent in front of you. So um, it shows that, you know, y'all learned something from that valuable to take into the next season. Don't overlook any game or any opponent. Um, but you did get the uh, American Athletic Conference Rookie of the Year. What does that accomplishment mean to you? Um, obviously I wouldn't have gotten it if it wasn't for the girls here and my teammates, but, um, I had a goal coming into Memphis and it was just literally just to play. And, um, when I'm playing, I'm having fun. And if I'm having fun, I'm playing good. So I think, um, last season just goes to show that I enjoyed my time here and I worked hard. Yeah, absolutely. And so now we come into a new season, you know, because I follow y'all, I knew there was high expectations uh, for the team and for you as individually, you know, as a preseason all-conference uh, team member. And so currently your team sits at 7-1-1 one, and, one, and uh, you're ranked 15th in the, the country. How do you feel about, minus, you know, the Drake game, obviously, how do you feel about the way your team is playing overall? I think we have a super diverse team this year, and it's it's honestly a very special team. I haven't been of one like this ever in my life, so I really think if we um, keep our work ethic up and keep going the way it's going, I think we'll have a lot of success this year. Yeah, absolutely. I'm 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 pretty disappointed in you guys. I'll be honest with you. The Ole Miss game, y'all dominated that game so much. You had control of the ball. Y'all took so many more shots on goal. Y'all just you know. I don't want to call it lack of execution, but y'all just couldn't put them away. Like it's always our issue and we've been working on it. So hopefully more goals are coming, but that was so frustrating. I, th I think the reason it bothers me is I, I live in Ole Miss territory for one, but also I've watched them play against Mississippi state and LSU. I got to ask you a, a question. Are they feistier than other teams? Because 
I've watched them play three different opponents now, and it seems like they play pretty rough. Um, I think we both up our antes a lot when we play each other. So if they're um, that handsy and pushy against us, I I wouldn't put it past them to be as handsy and pushy with other teams as well. And, and they shouldn't get handsy and pushy with you because between hockey and wrestling and everything else, you're not the one that I'd want to mess with. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'd tell them that for sure. <laughs> All right, so going forward, what is the one thing that you feel like you really need to work on in your game to get better? Personally, for me right now, I think it's just um, getting my passes to target quicker and faster and just getting my head up. I tend to running 100 miles per hour, and I get my head up at the very last second, so I need to learn from it and start playing the ball earlier. Gotcha. All right, this next part is very important, Grace. So I think you're maybe the the fifth soccer player we've had on here, maybe. Um, Daniel has not been to a soccer game, and he says the only way he'll go is if it's my daughter, and that's just because of his love for her. He's a, he's a big hockey guy. He's not a big soccer guy. And I'm bringing this up because your next game is at UCF. It's in his territory. It is, it is, it is where he lives. So I need you to give him a pitch on why he should go watch, especially you see that Memphis flag behind him, why he should go watch the University of Memphis women's soccer team play UCF. I mean, I think this game will be the biggest game in our conference, so why not watch two teams get at it? Easy, easy said and done. It's the Stanley Cup playoffs there, Dan. Oh, Grace. and then she called you Dan. I loved it. <laughs> Grace, let me – let me ask a, a question, a clear, just a clarifying question about this, this game. Is, is there a, a possibility that you could tie? I mean, there's a possibility we could win, we could lose. There's possibilities for everything. But yeah, I, I need a, a, a simple answer to the question. Is there a possibility that you could tie? I'm going to say no. Okay. <laughs> She's I, not going to let you win this game. I like it. Here's here's what I'll tell you. Uh, is there is there a way to actually? I'll tell you what. I'm gonna I'm gonna up the ante. Where where's the conference tournament, or is there a conference tournament for soccer? The location has not been said yet. Okay. Last year it was in Florida though. So. I tell you what. Beat UCF. Make a conference tournament championship, and I'll come. All right, deal. Now, given that it's in Florida and it's it's accessible, I mean, obviously, right. if it's in Alberta, Canada, like this dude ain't ain't going there. I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll stream it online. I'm gonna, that it? Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Hey, not not to be overly confident, I'll be the one to speak for Danny. You better just prepare for it because they're really good, dude. I'm just I'm just trying to I tell mean, you. I, 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 I looked at it, man. I mean, you're, you guys got a ranking of, of 15. Like, that's not – you don't get that by just waking up and eating Wheaties. You put in the work, you grind, and, I mean, you said it. Like, you are competitive by nature, and you kind of bred that into yourself. So, I'm sure, like, that carries over to teammates, and you're probably not the only teammate that's like that. I'm sure you got a lot of really driven girls on the team, and you guys – probably just get after it every day so i'm sure it would be a, a great a great ticket to have and a great game to watch um 
So yeah, make it there and I'm there. I'm in. All right. Yeah. And I tell him, Grace, you know, like, you know, my daughter's 15 and she's obviously playing the, the U16 league and she plays for the Lobos uh, club team here in Tennessee, the, the one out of Germantown. And they play so physical. And then I tell them about women's college soccer. And I said, it might as well be football. I, I tell him, I said, I don't think he understands how entertaining it is. It ain't like the guys where they, you know, they flop around and they fake injuries. I said, these girls, I mean, they lay shoulders, the hip checks, you know, everything. And, you know, I love it because watching you play, it worked out that that was the reason why I wanted you to guess, because being that you play the same position as my daughter and that you are a physical player and you play defense and it's the priority, like, I loved it. And that's that's what kind of spoke to me. And so with that, I got a question because I know the mentality in which the way she plays and even the, the way her coach's mindset is. So, you know, you had another game-winning goal against Kansas, and, and we talk about scoring, but y'all have six shutouts on the season. So what's a bigger deal for you to score game-winning goals or to hold a shutout, being a, that you're a part of that back line? I think majority of the time, shutout, because, you know, you've made the tackles, you know, no silly mistakes were made in the back, but – I mean, everyone likes scoring goals, so those goals are fun too. No doubt. So I want you to explain because, like I said, we got a lot of we got a lot of listeners that you know play soccer, and you know they're learning and they're learning from our guests, especially because y'all play on the level y'all do. And you know, as a backline defender, talk about the importance of the communication between that backline and the goalie and everything, and and how it's a cohesive unit, and if. You know, you don't have that communication. There could be a breakdown, and that could be the difference in the game. I mean, yeah, like you said, communication and us working together, that's really – it's as simple as that. You know, if we're not talking as a back four, a back three, whatever it may be, then um, the ship won't sail through the ice as well as it usually should. So um, communication is key. Sometimes it gets a little dirty, a little gritty. Um, other times it's positive. But um, if you don't say anything – the ship will definitely sink. So whatever it is, you just got to get it out. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. All right, so last one, and then I'll turn you over. You know, obviously we are just talking about the American Athletic Conference Tournament. Um, you know, y'all went to the NCAA Tournament last year. You know, you learned from your mistakes. Um, what is the expectation of this team, and do y'all feel y'all have what it takes to win it all? I definitely think we know we have what it takes, but right now our mindset for us is just game by game. We're focusing on the next one coming up, not looking past any teams. And uh, I think we're extremely hungry to at least make it to the second round in the NCAA tournament. But obviously the end goal would be win anything and everything. You know, I'm jealous. I've never had a game winning anything in my <laughs> life. I'm sure that feels amazing not just for it to happen once but to happen multiple times so you know as, as we we hear your story and as we, we we get the stats and we start seeing things play out and the way you describe it man this is this has been awesome like you are i said in the beginning and i i will continue to say it you're a total badass so um with that, we want to play a game before you get out of here and, and see how much of a badass you really are. All right. right. Because this game requires zero skill. <laughs> it's, uh, it's very easy. It's called this or that. I give you two options. All you have to do is pick one or the other. 
Very simple. All right. The, on, the only rule, can't say both and can't say neither. All right. <laughs> got to be decisive. You got to pick one. All right. I'm going to throw you a little softball question to warm this thing up. Would you rather have cold weather or hot weather? Hot. Man. Christine Sinclair or Carrie Lloyd or Carly Lloyd? Sinclair. Why? <sighs> Greatest of all time, arguably. I mean, she holds a lot of records and she's old and she's still playing. So <laughs> kudos to her. <laughs> she's old but she's the, the, well, the greatest well, of all time I guess you gotta have some age on you to, to be well in Carly's defense she's old too you know she is <laughs> she ain't she ain't Christine <laughs> alright food in Memphis or food in Canada pick one Canada what yep. <laughs> okay we, we gotta unpack this what what are some typical foods in Canada? Don't you dare say bacon. No. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, I That's miss poutine. You miss poutine? Poutine. All right. Some, some French fries and gravy. All right. I, I, I got it. You, you knew what that was? Yes. Oh, I know what that is. As a resident fat guy, I can't, I've never been more offended by any guest ever than Grace right now. <laughs> I'm headed up to Canada right now. What? What are some other foods that, like, these are staples? Like, if, if I happen to cross into Canada for a brief amount of time and I got to eat, I don't know, uh, uh, one or two items, poutine is one, and, and what, what are some other, other things? Honestly, our meat, especially if you come to Alberta, like, we have our own. It's called Alberta Beef because all of our meats from our cows that live in Alberta and it's, it's top level. I miss it so much. <laughs> all right. So you, you're talking about a fancy, uh, a fancy hamburger and French fries with gravy, correct? Exactly. Randy, you know what that tells me? She ain't been to tops, bro. Oh, there's no you way. The best cheeseburger in, in, in America. Home beats it. Home beats it. Have you had um, tops? I'm, I have. You had, what was it good at least? Can you it tell was me good. that? It's very okay. good. Okay. I think I was about to cut you off. Burger in Memphis is still Huey's. Ooh, that, that, oh, hey, that, hey, no, that's a big debate, Randy. She's not wrong. That's There's not, a lot that's, of people that's that not a debate. I don't know a single person that thinks that, except for Grace. <laughs> I got to I'm going to have to, uh, yeah, it's okay. Go ahead. Go with the next question. I'm so offended. <laughs> well, what's your fate? All right. So, so then obviously Canada is your pick when it comes to food. So, what's your favorite place in Canada to eat? And what's your favorite place in Memphis to eat? My favorite place back home to eat would definitely be Earl's, just because I go there a bunch. And then here would probably be um, Young Ave or Huey's. Young Ave's a solid choice. I'm with her now. To... You know, if I was going to pick the name of a restaurant in Alberta, Canada, Earl's would be one of the top three choices. Like it's, it's, it, it seems like a, a nice little homely like everybody knows everybody you go in yeah. there earl is actually working the counter you, you, you serve i gotta earl. dive i gotta dive into this young avenue deli you're going you're getting a deli sandwich what are you getting see i don't get the sandwiches you get burger i get a burger i get the chicken fingers because you can never oh walk. now now so walking wait. it back so, oh, wait, wait, wait. 
All right. So are you open to trying a sandwich? Oh, of course. All right. This is what I want you to do next time you're in there, Grace. I want you to get the politically incorrect and fries. See, I've almost gotten that a few times. Please get it on here and give your review. Grace, can I tell you why you got to get that? Me and Randy don't agree on anything. That is my favorite sandwich from there. So if me and Randy are agreeing on something, you've got to do it. All right. I'll try it next time. It's so good. And the fries at Young Avenue are awesome. Also, if you like wings, they really have it's underrated wings at Young Avenue. Oh, good wings. I was going to mention that. The wings may not be wing guru. They're good. <laughs> so, so Greg, right. it's safe to say that you're not on some super uh, strict diet here. Oh, when I can when I can eat bad, I definitely take advantage of it. <laughs> She's got to be laying them elbows down, dog. She's got to have some muscle behind that. They're burning. They're running two thousand calories a, a day. They they got to put in. They got to put in some. So obviously, you know, hopefully we're we're moving past COVID or at least in a, in a, in a more manageable spot. I know there's debates politically up and down. However you you want to take it, but um, masks are, are are slowly starting to come off some people are putting them back on but you know more and more we see the mask off so this question is 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 directed to that would you rather have bad hair or bad breath with the mask you can you can mask the bad breath but now like we're getting rid of masks so pick one bad hair or bad breath bad hair because I feel like I could still be able to smell my own breath if I was breathing into a mask. I know. That's that's the worst. When you can yeah. smell your own breath, you're like, man, I got to do something. Got to yeah. do something. All right. Would you rather have a fast forward button for your life or a rewind button for your life? Rewind. Where? What would you do? Would you do something different? Go to Where Earl's. <laughs> I don't think I'd do, I'd probably do a few things different, but I'd want to relive some moments of the younger self for sure. Absolutely. All right. So the, the, the next two questions are, well, the next question is slowly becoming one of our favorite questions to ask people. And then the question after that, the question we ask every guest. So okay. I'll start with, with one of our new favorite questions. Would you rather spend five years in jail or 10 years in a coma in a where in a coma five years in jail lord hey you know what daniel i this this is one that i believe it i I don't know if i can debate that because (laughs) like i i do feel like as a man, I can relate to, I think, what it takes to go through a jail as a man. And I, I'm not, that ain't me. Like, I'm taking a 10-year nap, give me the coma, and I'll wake up and figure it out. Like, I don't want those five years. So from your perspective, like, everything that you've told us about your competitive side and, like, your get after it, like, you're one, I mean, really – Honestly, you're one step away from getting into an octagon and beating people up. That's the way I see it. So, oh, God. Um, um, so I could see that. So, so you don't think that those five years would be rough? Well, I'd definitely try to stay out of trouble. Um, I wouldn't want to instigate anything. I wouldn't want to be like 
that girl in jail, but I wouldn't want to be asleep and miss 10 years of my sister's life, of my best friend's life. I wouldn't want to miss out on that. Look, I got two friends right here, and if it was going to jail or missing out on 10 years of, of them, <laughs> I don't care. I don't care about them. They, they, can, they, can, they can write a book. They can you write know, me some notes. You know or, what, Grace? You know what, Grace? Do me first, some, some TikToks. You know what, Grace? For the, first, for the first time ever, I'm going to flip a question on him. This this is supposed to be about you, but since he said that, you said ten years about your friends, but you got a three year old daughter, sir. Would you still take ten years knowing that you'd missed ten years of her life versus the five? This is deep. Yeah. Huh. Me and Randy are taking five years in jail. I guarantee you, Randy's. All right. All right, here's here's why, and, and part of it is because what is the perception that your daughter's going to have of someone who went to jail as opposed to <laughs> someone who is in a coma? So like, but that, seeing that, dad awake is different than seeing dad. Uh, she'll think you're a badass. Come see me behind that plate glass, girl. <laughs> <laughs> We have taken, hey, we have taken this one off the rails. I, I can't believe there's, I'm three on one against that. I thought that was like a, a solid, like. Wait till I see Bella next time. I'm going to be like, yo, daddy said bye, girl. I'll tell her tomorrow. I'll wake her up in the middle of the night and be like, hey, sorry, but I'm picking coma over jail. I'm going to stop. I'm going to see Grace. She's going to teach me some wrestling moves. It's going to be on. I'm going to prison. All right, so here's the last question, Grace. Money or friends? Got to pick one. Friends. Oh, man. You talking about being all hard and going to jail for five years, and then you're going to be buddy-buddy with your friends. Hey, you got enough friends, you got enough money. Wrong. <laughs> oh, Randy. <laughs> hey, Randy, I'm talking collectively. If I have five okay. friends, we at least have $10 each. Buy a nice dinner. Oh, I like it. You can go to Young Avenue with that. Yes, you can. You get a lot with that at Young Avenue. You get a lot of politically incorrect, a lot of wings, man. You can just <laughs> load up. You can have breakfast, lunch, and dinner at Young. I don't know how close we are because I tell DB just said he would give us up, and I always tell them I would pick money over friends. I'm not even sure we're actually friends. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll find out next year for that that 20 year reunion. Daniel, you phrase it like this, so. Grace, if you had a chance to be a starter on the Canadian national team for the World Cup, but you had to cut your friends loose, what you doing? Do I get my friends back after the game? <laughs> no. Oh, I might have to kiss the World Championship game goodbye then. I don't uh, know. Uh. I don't, that's a tough question. Oh, man. You sure? How about this? I, we'll, we'll let you sleep on it. Jim, Jim, Jim will text you tomorrow and, and, and see if you really mean that. Hold up. Let's, we can, I think we can go one deeper here. Let's say that you were going to have a, a 500 acres in beautiful Alberta, a mansion. But you got to get all the poutine. All the poutine. And Earl's is going to come Earl's, cook for you. Earl will, will be in be the there. house. Oh, I'd still take my best friend. Man, I tell you, if your best friend, I, I'm assuming, and a girl, guy, whoever it is, hope they're listening. You scoring some points. She lying, but she's scoring. 
I hope she listens to this. She'll be she'll be happy. I saw. She better be pushing it. She better be pushing your story out, Grace. <laughs> Look, you got a shout out to Earl's. That's free advertising. Earl, if you want to get in touch with our marketing manager for advertisement, Jim Cross, right there. <laughs> yep. All right, Grace. Anything you want to plug or promote before you get out of here? I'm good. Well, I'll, right. I'll do one four, though, because I brought it up, Daniel. Thursday against UCF, if you're one of those who has ESPN Plus, it's on there. Guess what, Grace? I have ESPN Plus. Perfect. I'll be off work a little bit early, and I think I'll tune in. I'll check it out. Now, if it's zero to zero, I'm going to turn it right off. You got to watch the overtime, then, if it gets to be that deep. Hey, I'm, 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 I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest now, with you. Daniel. Now you're now you're pushing it. Daniel, I'll be honest with you. She would have lost you on the old miss game then because they went to two overtimes and still ended up in a tie. And I yeah, sat there oh, through all of it. In, in, Grace, in regulation, if that scoreboard would have lit up the same number on both sides, <laughs> I would have been walking to the car. <laughs> no, hey, Grace, it's been great, man. We're we're gonna let you we're gonna let you bounce. Um Y'all check her out on Instagram at grace.story. And Thursday night, if you get a chance, ESPN Plus, you can stream it. Or if you're in the Orlando area, go check them out. Uh, five o'clock, six o'clock game time. What's the game time, Grace? I am not exactly sure. I'd have to double check. Well, we're going to say five o'clock because then you'll be on time. But it's Eastern time down here in Orlando. So keep that in mind. So you're an hour ahead. But Grace, we appreciate it. We're going to take a break. We're going to plug our sponsors. When we come back, we got some headlines for you. All right, boys. So you know I've struggled with pain. You know I've struggled with weight loss. You know I've struggled with anxiety. And you know I've struggled with sleep. What if I told you there was a place that could help you with all of these things? True Life Dispensary. Pain relief without narcotics sleep, weight loss, anxiety relief. You can find this at 117 West Commerce Street in Hernando. Hours, Monday through Friday, 9 to 7, Saturday, 10 to 5. So check them out and get your life turned around. Tattoos have become more of a normal part of society. And, you know, one of the things that's a common mistake that people do is they just go anywhere, you know, closest place, maybe whatever's convenient. And a lot of times they get a piece of art that stays on them forever that maybe they don't like so much. So let me help you and eliminate that problem. Go see Jeff Flea Watts. Easy Flea Tattoos. You can find him on Facebook or Instagram, and you can find him at 1731 Dancy Boulevard in Horn Lake. Number is 662-280-0763. Welcome back to the In Off the Bench podcast. We got some headlines, and as always, we're going to lead off with Major League Baseball. And Jim, looking at the standings. Rays, White Sox, Houston, that's the American League. Uh, the two wild cards, you got Boston and you got Toronto, a game and a half back. I ask you, Jim, I think the, the divisions are pretty much set. What I am asking you is, are the Blue Jays for real? Can they hold off the Yankees? And can even Boston hang on for that matter? Yeah, I believe that you're going to have three teams out of the East. Um, you know, if you remember what I said to you back a few weeks, I said for entertainment value, 
people would want to see that wild card matchup between the Red Sox and the Yankees, right? But when you talk about the heavy hitters that are on Toronto's team, you know, obviously I was using name value at that because of the rivalry between the Red Sox and the Yankees. But when you talk about like big names with on the team, I would actually rather see the Blue Jays and the Yankees. But I got to ask you guys something. And I need to know if either of y'all saw this because I thought it was the best thing I've seen in baseball this week. Did y'all see the fan in Boston who caught the home run ball, launch it back from over the green monster and hit Stanton round in the bases? I did. That is Stanton gave him the, uh, the salute. Yeah, you got to, right? I mean, that is a long throw and to hit him while he's in motion round in the bases. That was, that was great. And for Stanton to then acknowledge him, just as awesome. So, okay, so does that fan get ejected or does he get praised for that? They did that. No, they kicked him out. Yeah, I think I think you got to. Uh, were they? Where were they playing? In New York or in Boston? Boston, because he had to be top of the Dang, that's that's an epic shot, though. Good for that dude. Man, you know, there's not really a whole lot to discuss in the in the American League. Everything is just pretty much locked up, with the exception of the wild card. Two weeks left to go. Um, you know, if, if I had to make any guesses, um, I, I think it ends the way you see it now. But I wouldn't be disappointed if the A's snuck in there. Yeah, we well, we kept hoping that, and they just they haven't made any kind of a push. They've they've fallen back. I don't. I just they won five in a it. row, dog. Yeah, but but they they lost enough before that that the five in a row still has some ground to make up. Just two games out. I got. I'm still holding out hope. Do it. Let's go, Oakland. Let's go now. All right, Randy. Let let me let me transition to the National League. You got you know, obviously. You're looking at Atlanta, which is is slowly sliding. I think they're still going to do enough to win it. Uh, Milwaukee, they they've locked it up, and then San Francisco, uh, still a game ahead of the Dodgers. So, the one team that you know we we got to talk about is the Cardinals. Man, red hot winners of their last nine, nine and one of their last ten are. Obviously, the Cardinals are doing what they need to do, but do they have enough steam to keep it rolling, Randy? They do. They absolutely do. And the, what's the most promising thing is that what they is who they've been doing it against, right? They split with the Dodgers, win the series, the Reds, sweep the Mets, uh, sweep the the Padres, win tonight against the Brewers, and they got three more games against the Brewers, I, and then they end, I think, with the Cubs. Uh, I mean, so I, I, yeah, I think they have plenty. To stay ahead, the, as as also the Reds keep losing, I think you know they've lost a couple in a row. They're sliding down, so I think the Cardinals are doing. You know, we talked about it a few minutes ago off air. They put up the stats like the other day against the 2011 versus what they did this year. It's almost a mirror image. Again, I'm not saying that they're going to win the World Series, but there is a lot of similarities between what this team is doing and what that team did. And I think what you're seeing is Arnado. He called himself out. Uh, 10 games ago and ever since then he got his 100th RBI tonight Goldsmith has been nothing but reliable 
Tyler O'Neill getting player of the week. I mean, my guy's just been crushing the ball. Dylan Carlson hitting the granny. I mean, they're getting it from everybody in the lineup, and the pitching staff has been markedly improved. Yeah, at, at the right time. And when, when we look at the schedule here, just like you said, Milwaukee, you know, for three more games, Chicago for a one, two, three, four, four game set, Milwaukee again for three, Chicago for three. Chicago has nothing to play for. Milwaukee has really, they've clinched their, their spot. They have nothing to play for. Um, this is like, I guess this is the best case scenario that the, the Cardinals could have been in, putting themselves in a position going into these last two weeks against these two teams. Well, you, you say Chicago has nothing to play for, but wouldn't playing spoiler on your rival be? Absolutely. Yeah, that would be what they would want. But I've actually considered going to one, if not multiple, of those last three games of the homestand to be there uh, for when that's locked up, especially because uh, me and my wife – are both Cardinals fans and she loves baseball and that would be worth me and her going and letting somebody else watch our kids and go check that out. Thinking about it. DB, let me ask you a question only because you're a resident pitcher. Okay. We've talked a lot about the Cardinals pitching staff specifically the starters a little long in the tooth. And then they went out and made a move, got Lester, got Hap. Um, is there something to be said if they can get into the playoffs, which it looks like they will, is there something to be said about their pitching staff having all veterans that have been there and done it? Yeah, and, and I mean, you're not talking about just done it as far as, like, been able to make the playoffs. You're talking about guys that have won rings. Like, that. that's the shit that you, you, you can only hope to have that in your clubhouse with one guy, much less multiple guys that have that experience because – it's calming and it's soothing, but at the same time, pitching is what wins playoff games and veteran pitching who knows how to win, even though they don't have their best stuff. Like that's, that's priceless. So yeah, like having guys like Hap, Lester, Wainwright on the rotation, being the main guys like that, that's going to bode well if they can get themselves in. Let me ask you guys this question, you know, Wainwright and Yachty saying they're going to go one more season. If they were to win it all somehow, some way this year, they're gone. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'd walk. You got to go out on the high note. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't see those guys in it for a one-year deal just for some money. Um, those guys are Cardinals through and through, and I think, you know they want to retire as a Cardinal. I, I don't think Wainwright would have anything else to prove. And God knows that Yachty has nothing left to prove. Like, After what I saw with Peyton Manning and Denver, Randy, like that is the formula, man. Like if you can go out on top, don't like, don't push it. Don't go, you know, play an extra season and then absolutely decimate the, the image of you, even though he he struggled, but you know you get what I'm saying, like man, you get that yeah. title, just man, bounce, like there ain't yeah, no other you way to walk. go out, like John Elway, right? Exactly. On the Absolutely, um, Jim. I'll ask you, man. Like two weeks left, it's gonna probably come down to the 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 very last day. What do you see now that might be different next week when we talk? 
Well, before I get to that, you know, because we were talking about what we were talking about off air, um, Austin Riley hit a two RBI double, putting them up two nothing. So I just thought I would throw that out there because he's been he's not on a slump necessarily, but he's not tearing it up like he was. But I am not going to let this go, Daniel. There is only one game of separation. Damn it, the Dodgers will be the winners of the West. I'm 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 not letting it go. I will stand firm. I don't even like the Dodgers for the millionth time. I have no beef with the Giants. I just believe in the end they will be there. Uh, you know what? Hey, believe what you want, but if they gotta go eight and if they gotta go sixteen and four over there their next two weeks of play then hats off to them but like here's the problem is like they have to do that do they the play Giants, each other again pull it up i can only hope that would be the if it's the last series they're gonna, oh they're gonna end yeah they end with each other i bet you. oh look let's see yeah. no i mean i i thought mm. we looked at this i mean you're looking at i mean for the Giants, they got San Diego, who's got a lot to play for, but Colorado. Arizona. Hey, they can be our best friend. They can, they can absolutely yeah, I mean, San Diego out. They're imploding though. They can't. They yeah, they yeah. hate each other right now. Yeah, they're fighting in the dirt. Who who you got in a who you got in a fight, Daniel Machado or Tatis? Man, give me. It's hard to say, man, because I feel like God, Machado. Give me, give me Machado all day. I, yeah, but I feel like Machado is a guy like who is constantly getting under people's skin on his own team. Like, I feel like this isn't the first time this has happened. No, in Baltimore, he had issues as well back in yeah, the day. So, it's almost forgotten that he even played there. It's been so long. Yeah, and so typically, like, when that kind of stuff happens, no, Machado, like, don't give me him. Give me Tatis. Give me that dude. But, I mean, like, it, it there's no surprise that they're imploding and stuff like that's happening. Um, coach is going to have to rein some of that stuff in and, and, and get them under control because, I mean, they're still in it. I wouldn't count them out of it, but we'll see. Yeah, they're they're four games back now, though. I mean, they're and then like like we just said, they got to play the Dodgers twice, and the Dodgers are going to be fighting for that top spot. So I mean, they're going to yeah, have to really Giants twice or yeah, yeah, Giants twice. I mean, they they're going to have to they're going to have to dig deep. I think they can beat the Giants. I think they're it's. They're on borrowed time. We know this. I'm just going to hate on the Giants until there's no hate and love. I mean, so, so, Randy, you staying with me? Would they're going to finish oh, top 100%, of the West? Okay. 100%, 100%. Boy, that's two things. That's two things in one episode. Me and Randy are sticking together on, man. This is write the date down. So, but, but here, here's the one thing in y'all's favor is if the Padres do somehow make it, they're probably the Giants will probably be out of it. Yeah, look at they got the Padres have a tough, tough finish. My goodness. And that's why Giants, Braves, Dodgers. Oh, they got hey, you control your own destiny. Right. If the Padres, if the Padres take care of business and they find themselves in, they're not going to win the division. It's just a a tough road, but they could find themselves in a wild card. And if they do, like just the sheer number of games that they have with the Giants, I mean, the Giants might be. But if they found themselves in the wild card, that means the Cardinals are out. So can't have that. Well, I'm just saying that's why I'm saying that the Giants could be out of it, you know, depending on how the Cardinals play and depending on uh, what 
what unfolds, but we don't want hey. that to happen. You know, we want the Giants to win the division. We want the Cardinals to play the Dodgers. We'll be all right with that. One game, I'll, 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 I'll take the Cardinals. Give me. I'd rather than play the Giants. Well, of course y'all would. Y'all like. Well, let me ask you guys a question. Since we've been talking a lot about the Padres as well, and then all these other teams, who right now is your NL MVP? Because we know who. Even five games below five hundred, we know Otani's got it locked up in the AL. Who is your NL MVP right now? Bryce Harper. I think so. I, I think I, I got. I don't go even think him. that race is close anymore. I, I don't either. I think the name wins it all, but on top of that, the stats are there. Yeah, it's not look like at we're his fudging. stats. Yeah, we're not fudging and and trying to like push a narrative. The guy has done enough. Oh, um, without a doubt. You know, so he's leading in slugging percentage. He's leading in OPS. He hits a home run like every day. I mean, I think he's up to like three twenty something in batting average. I mean, the guy—it's—it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, he's batting three eleven. He's got thirty three home runs. Yeah. I mean, this is the award index. I mean, could you still... could you consider? Let me ask you guys this: Could you consider Trey Turner, who's got the league's best batting average and the most hits, and the and the slide of all slides? That was a good slide. He could slide right into that MVP spot. I mean, hopefully he can slide right on out of the playoffs. <laughs> well, that would definitely. Look, we don't care what happens once they get there. We just want them to win the West so we can be right. Of course. Of course. It's, it's not about what's best for our team. It's about being right. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Duh. All right. You guys, enough of this. All right, let's move on. Um Go to college football. Uh, another week, absolutely, you know, awesome week of, of games. Uh, another slate of games. And Randy, I'll get your take first. You know, obviously, we got to talk Memphis, Mississippi State. Crazy game. Um, big, you know, big game. I mean, uh, for the city, for the team. But being there um, early, seeing the people come in, getting things set up. Like, what was the atmosphere prior to game time and then as game time rolled around? Uh, it was it – was, the crowd was intense. The DJ always keeping the music popping. He had the crowd into it. And uh, I was down the field before the game. You know, the, the Tigers were very amped up. Obviously, you know, and off the bench guests everywhere in the end zone down there. You know, our boy breaking the defense down on a not safe for – children but it got me hyped up i was down there kind of listening to it but uh you know morris joseph jr did his thing uh the tigers i mean i think that what it is it's always us against the world as as a city as a university as those players that you know ones that might not have been recruited by mississippi state so yeah they did get hyped up for this game and it showed the fans got hyped up for this game it's not a lot of times where you see you know it's not always a fifty thousand you know, seat sellout or whatever. And sometimes, you know, more fans sneak in from the other team and don't, don't get me twisted. Now Mississippi state fans showed up and they were loud, but I thought that the Memphis fans showed up and they were intense and they stuck with their team. 
you know, they got down. I mean, they, it was only, it was like 17-7 at halftime, so that's not the offense. I mean, here's the thing, Randy, on that Mississippi State crowd. I thought they still could have done better. Uh, you know, that thing could have been completely full if the, the rest of the Mississippi State crowd – you ended up being right. We had that discussion before the game. I told you I thought a lot more would come. You told me they wouldn't. Um, you ended up being right. They did have a decent crowd, but not – not what they could have had, and that thing could have been completely sellout if Mississippi State really wanted to put their, you know, foot I agree. forward on it. But I'm gonna and I'm gonna say this, and I love you, Memphis fans. I love you before I say this, DB. But every single Memphis Tiger fan that wants to be in the Power Five, Saturday is the reason you're not. Plain and simple. Yeah, if you man, can't you... sell out that game. It's on you. Absolutely, and. I mean, you're you're not talking about like a typical sellout. You got portions of that stadium that are blocked off and like we got the flight deck, for, baby. Yeah, for the you know. So yeah. here here's the the only caveat to that is if you had an on campus stadium, would it seat less people and would you be able to sell it out? That I 100% agree with you, but I do want to give a shout out. I, this is not to the student section because Jim can attest to this. He was in it. That student section was packed. They were in there. They were loud. They were uh, vulgar. I loved it. So, so Randy, to your point, so, you know, we were in that last row. On, I actually sat there on purpose so I could see better instead of going down low on that first section. And since we were standing up against the railing, our row looked available, and because it was so packed, uh, some guys came and asked if they could have those seats. And because me and Sarah weren't sitting down, we gave it to them. So, like to your point, there was no there was no seats available down there. And and I want to speak on something on that real quick because I seen the people on social media talking about the the student section was classless. The people who are saying that have never been to a game anywhere else, clearly, because I'm going to tell you right now, I've been to games numerous places just like you two guys have been. There ain't a student section that ain't acting wild like that. Let, let's, not, let's, let's not act like Memphis was, you know, doing something that all the other colleges were not. And I and I would even barter to say that, man, when I've been to some LSU games, they're probably way, way, way worse behaved than the Memphis fans were. They are. I Shout out to the Memphis fans. And this is – uh, obviously, I get a little bit of insight here. I heard zero times on the radio was there a fight. So, I, I don't know that sounds silly, but, I mean, we had fights the first week, Memphis fan versus Memphis fan. So, the fact that I didn't hear any fights last Saturday, that's a win for the well, city. Well, well didn't, didn't you hear, you know, uh, all my Mississippi brethren said that the reason the ref didn't, you know, call that play right was they were afraid that we were going to break out the Glock nines and things were going to get out of hand, you know, because that's, that's what happens typically when Memphis loses games, apparently, you know, that's, that's the absurd stuff I heard all week, but I do want to say something to flip it back to a positive note. Um, you know, Morris Joseph Jr. I messaged him because, you know, he looked every bit of Randy, you were right there watching him warming up. He looked like he was 100% a go. And, uh, and he said that he was a game-time decision, but more than likely they weren't going to let him to play. But for him to go out there, he was warming up, giving everything like he was going to play, and then broke it down, led the charge coming out of the tunnel. Um, being a leader, regardless of the fact that he was going to get to be on the field, really shows a lot about someone's character. 100%, man. I, I Like I said, down there with him, for one, I know you've seen him up close and personal. That, <laughs> that is, that's a full-size man right there. But shout out to the Tigers, man. They 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 didn't and not just the fans, the team itself, man. That is a huge win for Silverfield. 
I mean, you know, I heard a lot of talk too on social media, calling out the city, calling out the fans, calling out the team. At the end of the day, I don't care if that call was reversed. Should he have been down? Maybe so. But that doesn't change the fact that it's an L on your scoreboard, Mississippi State fans, SEC fans, whoever you are. And here's the real black and white facts. When SEC teams from the state of Mississippi come into the Liberty Bowl, they walk <laughs> out with L's. That's the way it goes. Hey, and they were talking about that. They they are probably, you know, Ole Miss already said that they aren't going to schedule anymore. Unfortunately for Mississippi State, they're already scheduled in 2027. But um, they're probably going to try to avoid that. But, Daniel, I want to direct this question in regards to the play itself. You know, we didn't play at that level, right? And that, And that's one of the things we talk about. I'll value a player's opinion more. And what I saw from players, that were not Memphis or Mississippi State players, but players across the country all over Twitter said they're taught from the time they're growing up that you pick the ball up and secure it down. And I also saw constantly you play to the whistle blows. So as guys who played in that position saying that Mississippi State had no one to blame but themselves, that's a valuable opinion more than me as the fan and spectator. Yeah, so so here's my take on that. Um, you absolutely play into the whistle. Referee is is basically just really he it, it's kind of just manipulating the flow of the game. It's a person on the field that is invisible to most. During the play, referees are invisible. Why do you think they throw a yellow flag when there's a penalty? Because nobody is going to see them. Austin wasn't looking at him. <laughs> no, no. It, it, even the players on Mississippi State, for the most part, had their back to the referee. He didn't blow his whistle. He did make a signal. But you just play until you hear the whistle. You're taught to go down, pick the ball up, pick the ball up to down it. I mean, you know, if you're being a sportsman-like guy, you're going to pick the ball up and give it to the referee. So if Mississippi State would have just done that, they wouldn't have been in that position. So, you know, whether it was the right call or the wrong call, there was a group of players that did what they were taught to do, and there was a group of players that did not do what they were taught to do. And, and that's what I liked that a lot of people around the nation gave um, – you know, gave him his gave Calvin his due because he made a heads up play. No matter what, whether it should or should not have happened, he made the play and he made a heads up play and he was rewarded for it. Yeah, and you know, you guys are there. I I'm watching it on TV, and I'm watching it. Obviously, like it it looks as though you know a typical kick and the ball gets down, but then you don't hear a whistle. You see Calvin Austin come in, run, pick up the ball, you know, pick up the ball and take off the other way. The commentators immediately say there was no whistle. Calvin Austin has a live ball. It wasn't until they went to replay and saw the official signaling the ball and then throwing the bag down to mark the ball where they were like, oh, no, like, you know, that's a down ball. So I. I, you know, hey, even even to even to people that get paid to look at it, you know, 
they didn't get it right. And I was waiting for your boy Gene to come on, on TV <laughs> and give me the breakdown of the rule, and he never did. Hey, y'all, y'all like how I got a video that touched that? I had a lot of people ask me. So I went to video the punt return itself. And so I had put my phone down, but like in my hand, I had turned it off. But then when he took off running, I picked it back up. And by the time I got it back up and hit record, he was at the 20 running into the end zone. So I was able to, I was able to capture that in the celebration. So it still all worked out. So Randy, I got a question in it. It, it sort of has to do with football, but it sort of has to do with principles and leadership and direction of the university. All right. So you guys said that the student section wasn't the problem, correct? They showed up, they did what they were supposed to do. That's right. right. So my question to the administration is, what is going on with the alumni base to where you're either not getting them to stay and work in the city of Memphis? Like, what is Memphis doing to retain people in the job field, in the city, from the university to keep them and keep drawing money for the university and the school if that's like that's a big deal like for that city you know it to me it sounds like they're they're missing out on an opportunity to grow the brand of the university by open up a job market for people at the university of memphis to flood into once they graduate um i mean i'm a prime example of that like you graduate from the area but you don't you don't work there. You move out. How many of young alumni have done that and they're not able to go to games and really pack that thing out because that that upper echelon of that older fan base that are, you know, our parents' age, they're starting to tend to stay at home and not go to the game. And I know it's COVID. And I know there's a lot of aspects and factors that go into that, but like, Am, am, am I missing something? Like, is my train of thought wrong in thinking that? Or, you know, like, is. I don't think that you're wrong in thinking that. I think you hit on it earlier. I think that you saw Louisville do it. You saw Cincinnati and people like that. You need a smaller stadium because it's not the SEC where you're going to get 100,000 people. You're just not. This is a basketball city. Yeah, we love our football here, but you're also, there's so many allegiances. Uh, you know, take Jim and I, for example, right? We're going to root for the Tigers. We want them to win, but we're going to root for other teams, LSU, Tennessee, whatever. And I think you get that a lot. When you drive down the street here, you see a ton of Alabama fans. You see a ton of Georgia. You, you see every LSU, any anybody else, Mississippi State, Ole Miss. So I think what they really need to do is they do need to make an on-campus stadium pitch, and they need to have it be about forty to 45000 at maximum. And you need to get, do it just like Louisville did. Have a FedEx field, bam, forty thousand, and then you will sell it out. Absolutely. And I'll tell, and I'll tell you one thing about having it on campus. Um, you know, Randy, we had a heck of a time trying to get out of there. And one of the things I like about in Baton Rouge is there's so many restaurants and bars right there on campus that you know most people just don't even go to their cars like they're going to the whatever the party spot is after after that dub as opposed to sitting in traffic for an hour trying to get out you're right but you got to think too though that's the same way in knoxville georgia that's all it is gainesville that's all it is those cities were literally almost built around those universities that's not what this is 
Hey, I will I will throw one last note to you, Daniel. I need you to know this, though, in regards to that student section. Randy may have seen this. He would have had a better view of it than me. I, I unfortunately, was part of it. I, I was I was slightly, slightly embarrassed when once Memphis had secured the win uh, and the whoop that trick chant came on the uh, man. I don't know how many, I, I can only say it like this goofiest white kids in the world all took their shirts off and like start swinging them. None of them look like they hit the gym. They smell bad. Like they've been sweating. Put your shirt back on. And quit dancing to whoop that trick like you a gangster. <laughs> I got, I got a, I got a better solution. Why don't you take your shirt off and join them? No, man, they tried to get me to do the flex cam too. I wasn't about it, but I will say this: they asked uh, that dude, dude, will take his shirt off and unbutton his pants for Facebook, but you won't take. <laughs> I'm trying to go. You're not going to flex on the camera for, for- – I'm, I'm trying to promote a, pro- a product, but you're no, I won't. Uh, Casey desperately tried to get it, me to do it when we had floor seats and they had the flex cam. I don't, I don't know, man. I ain't flexing, but, you know, uh, a mutual friend of ours, Daniel uh, – or mine and Randy's, Chris asked how many times they played Whoop That Trick. And, man, I like – on an over under, I mean, it, it was it was over fifty. But my favorite is every time the band plays, who run it, and it's obviously they only do it after good things. And so, like, I, I messaged you, I was like, if they're playing three six in the band, like, it's a good thing. Good things are happening. Yeah, I, I think you, what you can't do is the Grizzlies do a good job with whoop that trick. They they make it a spectacle. They do it one time, and like that's that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like the if you do it for every first down it starts losing its luster and then you do get this the scrawny white kids who have no rhythm taking their shirt off because they they don't have anything else better to do hey if if they play tear the club up would they storm the field (laughs) (laughs) not after the not after that one kid tried to jump on the field and the coach picked him up and threw him back in the stands that was embarrassing. Look, I one of those kids that had his shirt off. Look, I I'll say this and then I'm done. And I text y'all this. It was so funny. Sarah's like, who's the dude in the hoodie who's got security that everybody's trying to talk to? And you couldn't tell because of the way he's wearing a hoodie, but you saw how tall he was and you and you knew he was a basketball player, but you, we never got a view. But like everybody was trying to touch him, talk to him, and then you know, social media will provide the answers. As soon as that because the hoodie was noticeable, and so as soon as I seen his picture on on Instagram and Twitter and saw that it was Triple J, I was like, oh, it all makes sense now. Him and Precious were there. Yep, down on, down, down on the sideline kicking it. All right, so we can go a couple options. We can go straight to picks or we can kind of run down some of these games and, and, and talk briefly about them. Which way you want to go, Jim? Um, well, I mean, I don't know how many games y'all got to watch, but I didn't get to watch many, but I was going to like, I mean – maybe just speak on the one game that I got to watch. And then, you know, after that, we can do picks. Like, cause I didn't get to really watch much because obviously, like I told you, I was caught up in that traffic. And then by the time we got somewhere. Um, so. All right. So is, is the game that you're, you're talking about, was it one of the games that we picked? No. All right. So go ahead. Give us, give us your take. What, what do you got? My, my take is that I don't care if it was Tulane. Um, that Ole Miss offense, we saw what it could do last year. 
and Matt Corral was projected to be the best quarterback in the SEC coming into this year. I think he absolutely is. And I think, honestly, guys, and, you know, we're not Ole Miss people around here. I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. And when we saw that Florida was able to give Alabama everything they wanted, I do not think it's a foregone conclusion that the West is Alabama's. Um, you know, I don't know if Texas A&M's for real or not, but I know that Ole Miss can hang points on anybody. That's that's for sure. Um, you know, just kind of looking at some of these games, here, here's my take. You know, we'll hit Alabama and Florida in a, in a minute. Georgia did what Georgia does. South Carolina? They didn't cover. I know that. But for all them folks thinking South Carolina was, was something that they're not, they're not. They, they, they were something that I needed them to be. Nebraska is, is quickly looking for a coach because they know, like, 23-6 to 6 against Oklahoma is the best that they're going to do, the best. Oregon, still running shot. I mean, playing Stony Brook should run them out. Iowa, taking care of business. They're not pretty. They just get wins. Uh, Clemson, Georgia Tech, a lot closer than people thought. I think the the delay, the two-and-a-half-hour delay to, to get it going probably had a little bit to do with – I don't think so. I think Clemson's you, trash. You, know, you think uh, they're it, terrible? Yeah. I mean, Georgia's defense is great. So, like, I'm not trying to take anything away from that game, but Clem, Clemson hadn't been able to score regardless of who they played. Yeah. I mean, Georgia Tech is not good, and Clemson could not move the ball. I mean, they had to literally come back and beat them. Come on. All right. So, then let me ask you this, Randy. Is Texas A&M good? I think they're really good. That defense is legit. Uh, they can't score like Ole Miss and Alabama and all them, but that defense is really so, good. So before you get to this next game, I'm going to pose a question, uh, and I'll, I'll direct it to you, Randy, because he's fixing to say say the Cincinnati score. When you look at Ohio State has already lost, and when Clemson has already lost, our, our traditional teams that are unbeaten, and we had this discussion before the season, and even after their losses, they haven't looked very good. Can Cincinnati find a way to sneak in there? I think they can because they got some momentum going into it, and people are starting to give them respect. And you got a veteran team, veteran quarter. I, I, yeah, I think because they can. you because ne you never expected Clemson and Ohio State to to be like this, and so that that we well, never expected that door to be open. Mm -hmm. Nope. You, you want to know why? Hmm. Two two reasons. One. These folks don't want a Cincinnati in there. They don't. The Big 12 probably does, but they're terrible. The exception of Oklahoma, who is leaving, they're terrible. So the and question is, can, the, can the, Oregon the second, stay up there? I think they can. But the second reason is, is this team right behind me, they might run into that team, and, and I, I hope they do, but I don't think it's going to be as easy as they think it is to beat Memphis. But it's still a long way to go, and, and I will say that this week's game with Memphis scares me more than any. Uh, Agreed. We'll, we'll, we'll two, get two of 34 unbeaten teams left. Heard it on the yeah. radio today. Yeah, and, and it's, it's almost like a, 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 a setup game. What you can't have is that lingering – we beat Mississippi State feeling like you got to go out. Today is probably the most important day um, 
in regards to preparation for that game is just getting the atmosphere and the mindset right for the week. Um, because yes, you, you you go out there UTSA. That's a that's a game that you should win. However, freshman quarterback, you go out there, you're not fired up. You have a letdown. Like that's one that could get away from. Yeah, um, no, no doubt. Hey, is it safe to say you know on the rest of these games? Is it safe to say we're all believers in Penn State because we've been picking them? Yeah, I mean. Here's what I'll, I'll tell you this. That whiteout is, is impressive. I love that, it. That, that is, that, I mean, that's something cool. Like, and I'm a big James Franklin fan. They, yeah. they ranked whiteout. They said, we don't know where exactly to put it, but you got to put it in the top three of games that they do uh, across the, the whole college football over the course of the season. Yeah, I mean, it's it's somewhere in between whoop that trick for the third time <laughs> and Wisconsin. I don't know. Um, but uh, just looking at some of these these other games, Ohio State, I mean, they won. It, it wasn't what people thought it was going to be. Um, Penn State, you know, took on SEC opponent, took care of business, very consistent. Scoring a touchdown, defense played well. Uh, Notre Dame, you know, doing what Notre Dame does, not winning convincingly, but winning. Um, UCLA did what we – they are who we thought they were. Yeah, they that, that was the thing. There. They got they got this high ranking for beating a, a not very good LSU team. It didn't even make sense. Well, Iowa State's the team that I think is, is just like UCLA. Like, I mean, you're going to beat a team that's – it hasn't won a game, arguably one of the worst teams in, in, in football right now, 48 to three, and they're going to move up. Like it's crazy. West Virginia, that's a team that, that looks, um, they, they're a team that I don't think anybody in the big 12 wants to play. They're like, man, we play West Virginia this week. I feel like that's, that's the mindset. Coastal Carolina comes away with a big, you know, close victory is one of those that, you know, you know, if you want to get, you know, one of those big bowl bowl bids at the end of the year and you go undefeated, you got to have tough tests like like this game. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss, like you said, putting up points, they're pretty much unstoppable. Uh, BYU, do it just I, – I, I'll ask you this, Randy. I don't know how good BYU is. I think they're good, but I truly don't know where – where they they fall i don't know but their coach gets me fired up man i want to run through block walls <laughs> and, and maybe that's what it is i mean maybe it's something similar to arkansas you enjoy playing for somebody you go out there and do whatever they tell you to do and you'll come away victorious uh north carolina puts it on virginia michigan state three and oh like i think michigan state's good i think they're flat good and there goes Michigan, sixty-three to ten on Northern Illinois. You know, Michigan. What I will say is, if if they were three, if this was last year or any season previous to this, they'd be in the top ten, right? For no for no reason. But I think I think by the time this season's done, Harbaugh will be on the hot seat, like he always is, if not gone, which I think uh, we've expected to happen for some time. 
a game that's not on here, speaking of hot seat, fellas, um, before we talk about our picks, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Florida State, guys. I said I didn't think he was going to make it. I really don't think he's going to make it now. Norvell. Well, here's the thing. I don't think they were a – I don't. I think Wake Forest is a better team than them. But there's – but you know, yeah. it's it's just like LSU, right? Because here, here was the thing. Because um, uh, they were talking about Mississippi State in reference to LSU. They were talking about Leach's – uh, leash versus Coach O's. There are not the expectations that Mississippi State that there are at LSU. The same thing goes for Florida State. I know they've struggled for a while now, but there are still expectations. And if you can't win some games, it, you're not going to stay. No, and and I I agree with that. I think you know, and I, Mike Leach is another another story, like a very name coach. That what has he done? Um, Norvell, unfortunately, uh, the flavor of the, you know, flavor of the week, the, the best, you know, option as far as young coaches takes that job. And I just, I just don't think it was as, I don't think it was as good of a job as people thought it was. And it takes a lot of work to make some changes and, you know, it just happens to, you don't, when you go to Florida State, you don't have the time that you would at a at a school like Memphis to make. All right, so, so so hear this, fellas. I say Norvell won't be there. Frost won't be there. Whichever coach loses this week's game between Mississippi State and LSU, I'm not saying they're going to get fired after this week, but whoever loses this game this week is going to tell me a lot about who who's going to have more losses the rest of the season. Whoever loses this game, they're going to be gone. And then I feel like if Michigan crumbles like I expect, Harbaugh will be gone. There's four openings I predict right now. It's very possible. Um, so let's get into picks from last week. Uh, Alabama, Florida. Bama was a favorite by 15 and a half. Jim, you took Bama with the, as the, the winner. They did not – they won – but they did not cover. Uh, Randy and I took Florida uh, with with the points. We we both get a point for that. Um, the game that was less than seven points, Jim, you took Michigan State uh, at six and a half. They got the victory. They 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 did what they needed to do. Randy, you took BYU. Um, they they were getting some points. They ended up winning. I took Cincinnati, so we all got two points for each of our games. For the seven points and above, Jim, you took South Carolina. Um, that didn't uh, – No, that did, did pan out. Yeah, that did. Um, Georgia South did Carolina, not cover. Uh, didn't, didn't win. Wasn't close to winning, but, you know, they, they didn't cover. Uh, Randy took Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State did not cover, so he never didn't take get him points. again. Uh, you know what's crazy, man? Like Jim and I are, are would have told you up until week eight last year, you bet Ohio State, and for some reason, like it, Urban Meyer's not walking through that door, boys. Bama didn't cover either. Ohio State and Bama yeah. didn't cover like every single game in the regular season last year. You got to find a new team. 
yeah, it's 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 Ole Miss. I'm telling you, I I took Ole Miss with the points, fourteen and a half. They ended up covering that. So, Jim and I got uh, three points for our game. And the current standings right now are Jim, you got six points. Randy, you got eight points, and I sit with eleven points. Um, so this week, let's take a look at the slate of games, so you guys can. Let me know where y'all want to be. So I only had one point coming into this week. Uh, you got you. Have, I got five this week. I have to go back and look. Yeah, I think you only had one point because you got. Um, I only had two coming into the week, so that sounds about right. Yeah. So three. I think I had three. Either way. Yeah, Jim, you had one point. Gotcha. All right, here's the slate of games, top 25. I I have a I have a, a, a idea of where I want to go. Um, it looks like the best game of the week is going to be. Uh, I know what they're going to say is best game of the week, and I know what actually is best game of the week. They're going to say Notre Dame, Wisconsin. I'm going to take uh, Texas a and Arkansas. I think it's going to be Tennessee, Florida. <laughs> haters all right so let's uh let's go texas a&m arkansas i i agree with you i think that's the better the better game um i think that's got more more stakes especially being that it's in arkansas i think this is so we're gonna easy. we're gonna we're gonna find out we we just said it's texas a&m for real and not that arkansas is just some powerhouse but they are three and oh they are at home i think this is where you really find out something about texas a&m jim's been waiting to pick against texas a&m all year and i am i'm i'm I'm, mm. so jim you're you're taking arkansas with the points Mm -hmm. i don't want the points oh he wants straight up well i mean if they win straight up then it doesn't hunter harrison our tennis playing friend said they got this all right randy i I hear some some rebuttal, but I, I think you're taking Texas A&M. Man, and I don't even want to. I really – I want Arkansas to win, but I, I'm going to go A&M. I think that they're, they'll be able to disconnect the dots. You know, what's, what's difficult about this is that you, you got Arkansas, which is, is like the hot team. Like, it, you, I feel like – not this week coming up, but the next week when Ole Miss and Alabama play, it's going to be the same situation where you're going to want to pick Ole Miss, but is that really what's going to happen? Oh, I'm picking Ole Miss. I, I think I would too, and because of that, I'm going to go Arkansas this week. So I'm going to take Arkansas with the five and a half. All right, Jim. Less than seven points. Where where are you leaning? Wisconsin to cover over Notre Dame. Wisconsin over Notre Dame. You're looking at wait. Wisconsin's favored. I know. Remember the that's new crazy. Rule? No, I, oh, I know. Okay. I'm just saying, but I don't. I can't believe that they're favored by five a, and a half, nonetheless. At a neutral site. Um. Yeah, Soldier Field. That ain't really. I mean, come no, on. No, I mean, but 
I don't know how far that is. That's favorable to Notre Dame, actually. I don't. There's a whole lot more Notre Dame fans anyway than there are Wisconsin Badgers. Well, they're all going to be sad together. You might be right. I'm never going to root for Notre Dame. I watched Rudy last night, and I still won't root for Notre Dame. Randy, seven points or less, who you got? Give me your University of Memphis Tigers to cover the three. We talked about this game being a scary game, but you're you're picking them. Uh, what what do you what do you see? Is it is it just the the execution point coming off a, a win against Mississippi State, feeling like they they need to get the mindset right? Or I think that everybody expects a letdown, and Ryan Silverfield's going to have the boys ready. I hope so. It, it, we remember correctly, I think, um, wasn't Morris Joseph supposed to go to UTSA and went to Memphis instead? Correct. That's Correct. right. And this might be his, his, his comeback game? It Maybe. should be. If he, if he was a game-time decision and Randy saw what I saw, how well he was moving before the game, I, I think he's that close. Bro, he was – he scared me. There was no way I didn't think he was playing. He, he was moving the best during warm-ups, I thought. He was. I think he was trying to prove a point. I think the coaches were telling him he couldn't go, and he was like, let me show you. <laughs> Watch this. Hey, which, hey, since we didn't bring it up, T-Pick had eight, eight tackles. Uh, I want to shout out our other guest. Shout out. Go ahead then, T-Pick. So, for me, you know, I, I originally when – I, when I took my notes this afternoon, the spread of this game was seven points. And it has now moved to seven and a half. So I, I guess that's that's out of the equation for me. Oh, for, it's out. We're rule followers. That's fine. I will. I will eat. Uh, well, Iowa I, State Baylor. I was trying to find it, and there it is. <laughs> I, I will. I'll gladly take that game as my over seven points because I have that much disdain for Iowa State. <laughs> so I'll go ahead and pencil that in. Baylor, they're going to get seven and a half. And so that gives me a a little dilemma. Now I have to find another game. Hmm. I don't know, guys. I don't know which way to go. Oh, there's some Stanford UCLA action. Uh, What do you think, Randy? Take Tennessee? that's, That's a huge line. You're looking for seven and under, right? Yeah. Man. You know what? Give me me Michigan State, man. This is the nail in Scott Frost's coffin, this game right here. I think Michigan State's going to blow them out. I think That should be your pick anyway because you said Michigan State was for real, so stand by now. So. I like uh, that pick. Michigan State. Five point or five point favorite. I like it. I like it. All right, Randy. More than seven points. Who are you taking? Look, I, everybody's gonna think I'm taking Tennessee, but I'm not. 
because I think they're going to get drug. So let me see here. I'll take North uh, Carolina State over that week. You know, Clemson. That, no, I, I was actually – no, I'm actually – that's my pick, but I'm taking Clemson because I watched North Carolina State get rocked by Mississippi State, who is not very yeah. good. I agree. I would. I would. If I was going to go one way, I would definitely pick Clemson. They got to cover eventually. You can go ahead and write it down. That's my pick. Since y'all brought the game up before, it was my turn. Oh, this right. is. I mean, this has gotten just out of control. Got to have some. All right, hold on. It's just not. I mean, there's not a lot of good stuff here. You know what? Take Ohio State in that 49. Definitely not doing that. Give me them balls, baby. Let's go. Yeah, if I had a Rocky Top queue, I would have played it right there. Give right me the balls to cover the 20 you know, you in know, the swamp. You know what, Daniel? You should have sacked up and took West Virginia in that 16-and-a-half-point line against Oklahoma since you were a believer in them. That's what you should have done. I, I almost did because I, I, want, I think I, West Virginia is going to cover. So, So here's what I'll tell you. I had some notes, and there were two games that I wrote down for that for that and that was West Virginia, Oklahoma, and Clemson, North Carolina State. But that was when Baylor and Iowa State was seven points. But because they got moved up to seven and a half, I had to I had to change it on the fly. So I, I was going to go West Virginia, to be honest. But it was Tennessee getting 20. Getting 20 in the swamp. Give me the balls, baby. Let's go. Go ahead. Go ahead, man. All right. Anything noteworthy? I mean, uh, Randy, big weekend for Tennessee. They they had a shutout, had a had a big win, a, ga- a game that they should have won. Um, but is it enough to reset them and get them ready for Florida? And, and what, what does Tennessee have to do to even, you know, be in the game or give themselves a chance to win? Well, first thing they got to do is they got to get people healthy. They have a ton of injuries, and they're not deep enough to to withstand that. Uh, they got to build that depth up. But the main thing that you got to do this weekend is protect the ball. You cannot let Florida get let the crowd get into it. That's when things are going to start to spiral. So I, I think what you're going to see, Heupel's going to score. His teams are going to score. Even in the pit game, they're going to score. So they just got to create. They got to be – they got to create some turnovers and flip the field. And I think if they can just create one or two, slow down the run game, not going to stop Florida because they're going to run, but slow it down and just be there at the end. Make Florida doubt themselves for just a couple minutes. They probably run off and win by a couple touchdowns at the end. But I expect this is the game that Heupel is going to win over some fans by just being competitive. Do you think in on his calendar he has this game marked as a game that he needs to do exactly what you said, just prove to fans, or is he looking at this as a game that they can actually win? Oh, well, I'm sure he would tell you he thinks he's going to win it. He's back down. You know, that's a that's a state that he's been recruiting, obviously being, you know, he's at Central Florida. He knows the area well. I think that he will absolutely say he could win it, but if he's really being honest with himself, they're two or three years away from beating Florida. It's just about competing. And I, he will scheme. He can score on them. All right, Jim, LSU, Mississippi State, you know, it's it's the battle of 
of relevancy and it's a, it's a battle of not finishing last and west well and that's why I say, <laughs> that, that's why i say relevancy because it it, it gives you a slimmer a, a little sliver of hope um uh, as far as not finishing in the cellar but what's what's the outlook for lsu against mississippi state I mean, after after what I saw from both teams this week, I think LSU is a better team anyway. But I'm going to tell you, man, you know, as much fun as I had this year with baseball and, um, you know, we know those guys. We've had a bunch of them on. I'm a, I'm a part of all those forums. And with everything that that fan base has said about the city of Memphis, the team of Memphis and everything, um, I have never wanted LSU to beat the brakes off somebody so bad um that fan base is kind of disgusting right now and i want lsu to win i think they're the better team i think they're going to go in there silence those cowbells um and yeah we're, we're going to finish second to last in the west but we ain't gonna be the bottom so uh, i'll ask you this we, we had will rogers on we talked to him he's he's, he's gonna throw it the one thing that he did a lot of is check downs and, and, and things this past weekend. And when you look back at LSU, you know, notably they've struggled with, you know, short passes underneath, like across the middle of the field. Just what, what is, does that give you any cause for concern? No. Um, and this isn't a knock on Memphis, but our athleticism and speed side to side at the, and the defensive skill positions is better. So I feel, I feel better. And, and I really wasn't going to bring up the Will Rogers thing. You know, I'll be honest with you. I had multiple people in our circle that are Mississippi state people who messaged me and said, they don't think he's the guy. Um, he would not throw the ball downfield. Like you said, he was doing check downs. And from what I saw, He's not somebody I think is going to air the ball all over the field on LSU. So um, their best bet, actually, based upon what I've seen from LSU, is going to be able to run the ball successfully. Um, but, you know, a certain somebody messaged me and said during the game, he's going to get his running backs killed because it isn't that he just drops it off. He drops it off like a lot and sometimes too late. And so I'm, I'm just not a believer in that in that team at all I, I i really not and you know like i said i hate doing that because we had so much fun with baseball but mississippi state's not good all right well at least you have a lot of a lot of hope this weekend for your lsu tigers hopefully not being in, in last place but if i if i can have anything daniel i just want to beat because i know that the realism they couldn't beat alabama obviously you know because you'd say well if you just say that one if they could beat Mississippi State, and then if they could somehow, some way, based upon what we just saw this week, it will, they wouldn't beat Florida, but we know my disdain for Florida. If I could just have Mississippi State and Florida, I'll be good. <laughs> if we can only. I mean, we're not, we're not going to get Bama, so, like, I mean, give me Florida, please, you know, at least give me that one. Who knows? You never know what happens. They got to play the game, and we'll see what happens when they line up, but NFL week two, I'll just take you through the Packers come back. Uh, Aaron Rodgers looked more like Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Jones looked more like Aaron Jones. The whole team looked much better against the, the lions, Washington, I think wanted to win more 
than the Giants did, and the Giants wanted to lose more than Washington did. It was just, uh, I don't know. I, I say that, and Dallas will probably play them and get beat by both of them. So, <laughs> you know, I, who am I to say that? But Bucks, another strong outing against the Falcons. Tom Brady, five more touchdowns. Just he might play until he's fifty. Who knows? Cowboys. You know, we'll get into that game. I'm gonna give Randy. I'm gonna give you a chance to to, to say your piece, and, and, and I'm just gonna listen. Uh, Bears. Justin Fields is seems like he's now the guy. Uh, they picked up a win against the Bengals. Joe Burrow looked looked a, a little rough. The whole you know Bengals offense looked uh, a shade of what they did the previous week. Browns. Uh, you know, kept it close, but then pulled away late uh, against the Texans. Um, Texans are struggling now, you know, not – they're out of quarterback. Deshaun Watson's not going to play. Don't know what they're going to do. Uh, Rams, you know, beat the Colts. Colts put on a, a, a good a good front, um, but, you know, Matt Stafford and those guys are just too much at the end. Um, we'll, we'll talk about Carson Wentz and how you, you – Hurt both ankles. I, I don't. I don't understand. But we'll get into that. Bills. You know, just you know, Josh Allen. Like, if you got him on fantasy football, like he's a guy that's driving you crazy because you see a, a score like thirty-five to nothing, then you look at you know the Russian touchdowns and it's Daniel. Why not, don't you just Why don't you just tell the audience that was a shot at me because you know that Josh Allen's my quarterback. Well, I have him in one of my leagues too, so it's a it's a shot at Josh Allen to throw more to Stephon Diggs. There it is. Um, Patriots, uh, Mac Jones picking up a, a, a win, you know, against a, a Jet team. I think everybody thought that the Jets were who we thought they were. Not very good. Uh, the Niners beat the Eagles. Raiders, two and zero Raiders. I think that's the. The hot team, the surprise, they, they, they beat the, the Ravens, who beat the – come from behind to beat the Chiefs this week um, with the Steelers, who had a big win last week, and they beat them. So, uh, you know, Saints, Saints, we'll get into them, but they, they looked abysmal. Uh, Panthers, 2-0, they're, they're a hot start. Don't know what they're doing that's all worldly, but they're sitting – uh, with two wins on the defensive, season. they're defending everybody. Yeah, I mean Matt Rule's got those guys going out there and putting up zeros. Uh, Broncos played a terrible Jaguars team. They won. They improved two and zero. The Cardinals staying hot. Uh, it was a shootout uh, with the Vikings. I mean, if if you're gonna tell me you're gonna shoot out with with Cousins and Murray, I, I want to see it. Uh, Titans. They. they Looked a lot better this week. Derrick Henry back to doing Derrick Henry things. Uh, Russell Wilson, you know, despite the the defense giving up 33 points and, and Derrick Henry having a day, they they played pretty well on the offensive side. And then the Ravens come back and, and beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs to me are, are a team of mystery right now. Um, it seems like they are. I don't know if they're doing what they normally do, or <laughs> They're not as good. So. No, Jeffrey Wright said the best on the radio today. They got bored again, and they do that a lot. Yeah, but at some point you can't – as you get older, like, you, you shouldn't 
Here's what getting bored does to you. It makes you the Packers over time. So there's there's that analogy for you. But let's get into this. Randy, I'll start with you. What are your takeaways from this week? You want to start with Cowboys and Chargers. <laughs> All right. For one, I know you watched you watch the game, right? Let's let's just go there. Okay, so my boy Justin Herbert throws a touchdown, gets called back for holding. Jared Cook holding, okay? Then again, in the fourth quarter, he comes up, no huddle, throws another touchdown. They negate that for an illegal motion. I mean, what do you, what what is the conspiracy theory against my boy Justin Herbert? Well, the David? first the first one's Jared Cook. Uh, yeah, I got to tell you this disdain I got for that guy, that's your first problem on that first play. Well, here, here's what I'll here, here's the one thing that you can say. Despite all that, when it comes to quarterbacks, he was the top performer. 31 of 41, 338 yards, one touchdown. All right. Didn't win the game, but stat wise, he was a, a better quarterback than what Dak was. But can I interject? So I, can I interject? But, well, it's the same interjection I'm going to say. The Cowboys didn't need Dak, they ran the ball extremely well. So, no, my interjection was going to be that Dak was better than Tom Brady, but Randy told you it didn't matter because he didn't win the game. Because well, he, but he wasn't better than Tom Brady though. He threw the ball fifty nine times. No, he was, was better. Than it Tom was Brady. volume. He wasn't better than Tom Brady because at the look, Dak did what he had to do. At the end of the game, it was an eleven play, forty nine yard drive to get him into field goal range to win it. I'm just saying, Justin Herbert played his ass off, and if his one interception was where his receiver fell down. That let, had nothing let, to do with him. Well, let, let me ask you this. All right, Randy. If if I'm Tom Brady and I throw only, let's say hypothetically, I throw five passes, all of them are for 20 yards, and all of them result in a touchdown. So I have 100 total yards. I have Talking about James Winston week one? Yeah. I, I have five touchdown passes. Let's say I'm Dak Prescott. I have 200 and now let's just say 300 passing yards and two touchdowns. Who's better? Are, are we looking at the body of work? Or are we looking at the, the, the gold that comes with the, the passing, like the, the touchdown aspect of it? I, I'm not. Okay. I hear what you're saying. And so I'll take the touchdowns, obviously. But I don't think outside uh, – and, and I'm not even being biased here. I just think anybody that was watching the game, you didn't go out of that game thinking, in, in my opinion, that Dak is a better quarterback than Justin Herbert. And I'm talking – every D Dak's great. He's just, I just don't think he's better than Justin Herbert. I'm talking about arm strength, what he can do, the way he moves in the pocket, makes things happen. And think about this. You guys – the Cowboys have a much better team than the Chargers. He's doing it with much, much, much less offensively. I just I just went through the whole list of all the teams so I could think of the quarterbacks. Dak Prescott is the fourth best quarterback in the league, in my opinion. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard you say, and I've heard you say some really silly things. Is You're talking about as of week two in the NFL this season, or are you saying – Based on body of work, over time. It can't be. I'm, I'm not saying body of work over time because we're not doing career-like 
Tom You're Brady. saying right now today. Right, right now today because Tom Brady's behind him on this list but wouldn't be on the whole overall list. I would only take right now ahead of him, I would take Kyle Murray, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes. That's it. I wouldn't even take Josh Allen over him. DB, you're a Cowboys fan. Surely to God, you don't agree with this. All right, so here's what I, I'll, I'll, I'll give you my list of, of better. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Much Brady. Much better. Much better. I would even venture to say that Matt Stafford. Better. In, in this offense right now, I think he could be better. Um, Josh Allen, better. I mean, I want to say Josh, Josh Allen. I don't think Josh Allen's better. Pat, Pat Mahomes. Kyler Murray is the guy that I I, I, I wouldn't put know. Kyler Murray over. I, I would, Kyler Murray's I, the MVP this year. Want to bet on it right now? I, uh, absolutely. Okay. I yes. think I think the Cardinals are going to friendly friendly twenty right now. Hundred percent. Yes, we can bet that because that okay. is easy picking. Because right now he's the he's the leader in the clubhouse, and I don't. After think two gonna games, go they're going to get. They're, gonna they're, go they're coming back down. They're I told you they're going to win the West before the season started. I'm you did, and you're it. still wrong. They're not going to win the West. But the fact that we're saying that, that we got to put this out for a poll because I guarantee if you polled a hundred people tonight. You would not, Dak would not be in the top five. You, you probably will lose this. And let me tell you why. The majority yes. of our listenership is out of Mississippi, bro. No, it doesn't matter. You got to be non biased. Everybody's not going to just think with their heart and emotion. They're going to be like, all right, let dude, me look at this. Dude, and you're going to put all the people yeah. out there and they're going to say, hey, you're, you're telling me that Dak's better. You would take him right now over Josh Allen. Not one GM other than Jerry Jones would do it. Not one. And I wouldn't take yeah. Tom Brady over him right now either. You can put that to rest. Well, there's no, it, not one single person in the world other than you would say they want Dak over Tom Brady. Is Lamar Jackson higher than Dak Prescott? Yes. No. Let's not even do this. I can't, I can't even do the Lamar thing with y'all tonight. We'll be on here forever. Our audience don't even want to hear that. All right, so we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up as this. You know, Jim is high higher on Dak than – both of us i am higher on dak than randy but lower than jim randy is not high on dak he's good he's not top he's not top five certainly he's not is he is he top 10 he's fringe top 10 so he, <laughs> oh God. He's fringe, and that's I, I don't, not that's not i don't that's, agree not, with that but i i what, here's what i'll say like no argument you name your name your top 10 he's in it he's in it I mean, because I just heard you name five guys just a second ago. Man, them burgers are good. Them burgers are good. Um, okay, here we go. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Uh, nope, 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 nope. I don't even know who they have. All right, Deshaun Watson. Is he better? Yes. Nope. That's easy. That's he's never going to play again. You're, not, you're right. telling me Deshaun Watson's not better than Dak Prescott. Get out of here. All right. Uh, I don't count guys who are going to go to jail. Yeah, I'm. I'm not counting him. Matt Stafford, Josh Allen. Nope. 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 I don't think so. Other people do. Russell Wilson, Pat Mahomes, 
Lamar Jackson, and then Dak Prescott. I think seven. Seven is about right, I think. I can't – I honestly can't believe that you think Lamar Jackson is a better quarterback. You know what? It, I watched Lamar Jackson, and it disgusts me that Drew Brees doesn't when, have a – Drew Brees doesn't have an MVP, but Lamar Jackson does. Lamar Jackson couldn't watch Drew Brees' jockstrap. My – you just made the point for me, and – how many playoff games have they been in? Who? Lamar? The yeah. same, probably about the same amount as Dak. Oh. He's been to he's been to three. He's lost two and won one. Dak's okay. been to Dak's been to two, right? Three. He's won one, lost two. I think they have the same record, if I'm not mistaken. He's got a he's got a but I, I think here's the problem. Is being a cowboy, the expectations are always higher just because of the team that you play for. I think the expectations for the Ravens are lower because of who they have to go through to get there. You can't convince me the past two seasons that the Cowboys' division have been world beaters. Like making the playoffs should have been the easiest thing that they've done on record and it never happened well we we can hypothetically say why last year but i mean come on they they got to be better and here's what i'll say and we'll, we'll move on to this week's slate of games is that the cowboys are playing much better and they're more fun to watch even when they lose to tom brady and had a chance to win. It's still refreshing to see Dak playing at a high level because that was questionable, him coming back. And they're able to pick up a win against a, a, a Chargers team that, you know, I agree with you, Randy. They're not, they're not the greatest team, but I would say they're better than a lot of the others. So hey, I don't, I, don't, I, I think you got to give a lot of that credit to the guy behind center. Randy, I got a question for you. I was looking up. I was looking up stats. Um, so Dak has the second best completion percentage in the NFL. I'll give you twenty bucks without looking right now if you can tell me who number one is. You get five uh, seconds. Derek Carr. No man, Baker Mayfield is completing passes at eighty-one point six percent. Yeah, all of them to Kareem Hunt. It's still, it's still. I don't care who he's throwing to. That's a wild ass stat. Obviously, we know it's going to come down to earth, but eighty-two percent. Good grief. Go ahead, Baker. He's a, so Teddy Bridgewater's ahead of Dak too in completion percentage. Oh, by point. Mm, oh, yeah. by point oh, zero two. Six. By point, it's seventy-seven points. Point six. Teddy, Teddy, Teddy B. All Mahomes. Right. Look, that's that. It, it, but Dak has done it with eighty-five. That's impressive. Mayfield's only thrown the ball 49 times. Dak did that in the first half against the Bucks. Dang. Dang. All right, so last week, you know, we can go through the games and the picks if you want, or I can just tell you the record. You tell me. Just tell us the record. All right, so overall, we got Jim at five and six, Randy at four and seven. And I'm at six and five. All right. 11 total games that we've picked. We had uh, 
six games for week two, and we only did five for week one, which gives us our 11. So we get a chance this week to do it all over again. Everybody gets two games. We just can't pick any of the same game. So Before we pick, can I, t- can I touch on my Saints real quick? Yeah. Um, it'll take, me, it'll take me 30 seconds. Okay, go ahead. Go. Key, key note, and they brought it up as soon as that game started, and this is not trying to make excuses. First of all, starting with, before we even get to players, seven coaches out because of COVID protocol. Coaches clearly do matter based upon the way the Saints play. But players on the defensive end starting, you were missing Marshawn Lattimore, Marcus Davenport, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, and Quan Alexander. On offense, you were missing your center, uh, McCoy. And even though they didn't play in week one, you still don't have Michael Thomas or Traquan Smith. And so Callaway is literally – and Harris, the partner, are your only receivers. So – I say that to say I wouldn't buy too much stock in Carolina as much as I would say that New Orleans literally hobbled into that game. There, done. So, looking at this week, are they going to right the wrong, or is this going to be a trend? Was week one a fluke? I don't think week one was a fluke because specifically those defensive players that I just all mentioned were all playing. They all got hurt in last week's game. Um, I don't think they lose to Mac Jones and the Patriots. And the Patriots are going to try to run the ball, and that's still the one thing the Saints could do. What what Teddy Bridgewater did effectively was he was hitting a lot of short crossing routes and, you know, hitting skilled position players. Christian McCaffrey, I don't understand. Like – you know that's who you got to guard. I guess he's he may just be unguardable because like you knew where it was going and he just needed an inch of space. And then he made like one ridiculous one-handed grab and catch. That dude's stupid. But I don't think Sam they lose Darnold a big... for clarity, guys. Teddy Bridgewater doesn't play there anymore. Or you know what I meant. Damn it, <laughs> that's all good. I knew what you meant. Um, it just tells you what I think about the Panthers. I thought that game was more about how bad the Saints were in that game than it was uh, the Panthers. And I'm not and I'm not even trying to be rude or knock them. Um, like I said, I'm saying the, Saint, the Saints are bad. I don't think they lose to the Patriots, Daniel. If they do, however, um, you got a real problem because these are the easier games on your slate. They are going to get really hard later. True, true. All right, this week, um, who, who wants to go first? Who wants to? take that that leap you know you know you know randy wants to go first and i know what game he says it's a guarantee the the chargers no i can't no the the titans i do want to pick that game but i've already picked the balls to cover i feel like if i pick in both but you but you said they always win and you should take the guarantee you should take your guarantee bro i'm not even sure though and you're you're even getting five points you're getting five points i can't do it because i don't know what our quarterback situation is if we're true. playing Jacob Eason, we're fucking done, bro. True, true. Ah, uh, but I, I will, I will, I will go first. I am going to pick keep, the keep LA in mind, Rams to keep, beat the Buccaneers. Ooh, keep in mind. Uh, even line, I like that. Well, here's the deal. Lines, we're not betting lines for NFL. We're just betting winner or loser. Oh. It's, it's, I'm going just, straight Rams, baby. It's just easier because when you look at it, man, like, like this game, it's a it's a four and a half 
spread, but I mean. Oh wait, so we can just pick out. Oh well, if I'd have known that, we weren't picking lines. Give me Cardinals over the Jaguars. That, that was I, I was actually gonna <laughs> pick. The, I was gonna pick the Cardinals with the line. That's what's funny. Well, so here's the thing. Like I, I, I don't care how we do it, but um, who want like somebody's got to pick first, and we'll we'll do it snake style that way. You know, kind of. I I think we. I think the lines makes it harder. Like on what game you choose. I mean, it's a, it's up to y'all, but I mean, y'all, y'all want to do lines. Y'all tell me we'll do lines. Because like Randy said, you just take the Cardinals or the Jaguars, you know, lines. That's, I mean, you know, that's, that's too easy. I mean, the, if we take lines, I don't, the two games that I wrote down, it ain't going to change them any. All right. So let's do lines. Go ahead, Randy. All right, Randy. You got the the Rams. I'm still going Rams over Cardinals. Over I mean, that's Rams. an even line anyway. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Of that game, Jim, who are you taking? Harder head, harder head. Buccaneers. Going going head over heart. Yeah, I'm going to take the Bucs. I'm going to take the Bucs. And I'm going to say they're going to win on a Gronkowski touchdown. Mm, okay. Even throw how they're how they're gonna win that thing. Okay, I got you. Um Jim, you can go you can go next. Who you got? <laughs> I, want, I want that Cardinals with the seven and a half on the Jaguars. Yeah, same. <laughs> All right. So you're taking cards minus seven and a half. Yep. I mean, uh, you're we're silly not to take them, right? Yeah. Well, I'm gonna go down here to the boys. I'm taking the boys, taking the boys with four points. The boys giving four. Sign me up. So you're taking Cowboys, Jim? Absolutely. Dak Prescott for 350 yards, three touchdowns. Randy, who you got? I am going to <laughs> go with the Cowboys, but I, I am not convinced. No? I think – and I've watched him play twice now. I, I'm not convinced he's like a real long-term starter, but – I mean, Hurts has been all right. Yeah, no, the the Eagles aren't bad because the 49ers are really good. That defense is really good. Mm-hmm. All right, so if we're going to go snake style, I'm going to go uh, – where, where's Josh Allen at? There we go. Give me give me Josh Allen. Give me, give me nine – given Washington nine points. Taking Buffalo. I mean, I'm going to go with Buffalo on the fact that I don't actually even believe that, but I, I need him to do so well in fantasy. I'm going to ride that with you and hope that it's not the running backs scoring and it's him throwing dimes. All right, Randy, who you Nine? taking? Nine? Give me, give me the Washington football. That's what I wanted to do, but – 
Nine's a big number, bro. I ain't down. I ain't with it. Well, he got a baseball fall in there, bud. All right, Jim. Game two, who you got? Broncos to cover 11 on the sorry Jets. This, this could be the game for the Jets. What are you saying? Uh, the Broncos aren't bad. They're not, I mean, they're not world beaters, but the Jets are terrible. They will have the first pick in the draft. Them or the Jaguars. It's it's a battle. That's a huge I line. I know. You gonna, the, get crazy, you gonna get crazy, Randy? Oh, I might right here. Check and see. I, check and see how many points the Jets lost by in their first two games, Randy. They only lost by six their first week. I know that. Oh, did they? they? Lost, yeah, they lost by twenty last week. But I mean, I think that that is. I'm not convinced by the Broncos. I, give me the Jets to cover the eleven. Yes, this is where I'm gonna break y'all. All right, I'm gonna go Jets too. You know what game I really wanted, Randy, but the line isn't there yet. Because we were just talking about it. I wanted the 49ers over the Packers, but the line ain't there yet. All right, Randy. Last game. Who you where are you going? I'm gonna in a in a battle of attrition. Give me the Falcons over the Giants. Dude, you picked that game. That, I, I don't even like. I wouldn't even watch that if I had half my fantasy team in that game. Uh, I mean, I know. I got. I'm trying to. I got. I know, and I know you won't pick the Dirty Birds. I sure as hell won't, man. Give me the Giants. Saquon Barkley gonna have a coming out party just because you did this. I hope so because I didn't start him this week, and I'm gonna start him next week. Hopefully, this is look. look hey, I gotta tell y'all something. This is my one fantasy note for the week because y'all are talking about that. So I was thinking about Daniel. I was like, man, maybe I should trade Dalvin Cook. And then I saw what Henry did to the Seahawks defense. And that's who the Vikings play this week. I was like, nope, not nope. this week. <laughs> nope. All right, guys. We got our picks. It was less controversial this week than wait, 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 wait. What'd y'all pick on the Falcons and Giants? I picked the Giants. Yeah. Saquon. Saquon okay. having his day. Yeah, that's gonna be my win then. <laughs> Falcons. Only winner of the season against the Giants. You know, I, being a Cowboys fan, I should really want the Falcons to win. But don't see it happen. We'll see. All right. Last call. What do you got, Jim? What do you got? Last call. Uh, Two MMA notes. It is fight week for T. Cummins, former guest. Check him out. I believe it is uh, going to be available to stream on Rand- – Randy, you'd be able to – It's that one's on ESPN. Uh, it'll have a live stream. It's LFA. It'll, it'll, it'll be a live stream. We'll share it to the page. Okay. Um, and then the other note is Eric Anders has got a badass T-shirt out that he is, has got for sale. Uh, if you want a shirt from your boy um, – Check it out. He's got them on Instagram and Facebook. They look legit. All right. Look at your your boy shirt. Get your boys, your boy shirt. Got it? That yeah. makes sense, right? Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Randy. Last call. What do you got? 
Shout out to John Lester, Cardinals pitcher, for getting his 200th career win tonight. And I only say that because he got it for my team, because before then, F John Lester. Bump that dude. All right, for me, we're going to go back to the, the, the weekly power rankings and not-so-powerful rankings. Jim, I'll let you pick. You want the not-so-powerful or you want the power rankings first? Power. And hey, real quick note. I almost forgot. Shout out to Johnny Taylor for getting number six on Sports Center Top 10. All right, sorry. That's it. That's what's up. All right. So power rankings in the hot category. Powerful. Number five, Ole Miss football. They are scoring points at a astronomical rate. Um, they are are doing what people thought they would do with Corral and Lane Kiffin combo. Um, if they can you know, stay healthy and figure out um, a good game plan. They go in in two weeks to the, the number one team in the nation, and we'll, we'll see how that, that rolls out. Number four, you got the Michigan State Spartans playing extremely well. I think they're underrated right now. Uh, number three, you got the Carolina Panthers, 2-0. and I don't know how they're doing it. Randy says it's defense. Jim, I don't know what you say. I say injuries to the Saints. Injuries to the Saints. I say it could be magic fairy dust. It could be anything, but um, those dudes are, are are playing well. Number two, we got the Raiders, the Vegas Raiders. They got that new stadium. They figured out a way to beat Lamar Jackson and the Ravens in Week One. Who? Um, Ended up coming from behind to beat the Chiefs this week, so that win seemed to be better than you know they thought they originally thought it was, and then took down the Steelers this week, who you know had a big win in Week One. So uh, Raiders in the two spot, and still in that number one spot is the Arizona Cardinals. They're just crushing it. But when I say Cardinals it's going to be shared by the St. Louis Cardinals as well because they are 9-1 in the last 10. They're in the wild card right now, uh, solidly there with two weeks to go. They have the – the world is their oyster, Jim. They can they can hold on to this or they can lose it. But, you know, Randy gave a shout-out to John Lester and his 200th win. Adam Wainwright, best pitcher in baseball since the break. Like, le- veteran leadership, guys that have won championships in the past. Like, it's a it's a – Good recipe to have to, to end the last two weeks of the season moving into the playoffs. All right, my not-so-hot, guys. Uh, number five, Mike McCarthy. Number five. Could have been number one on my list. Uh, time management. I read some things and tried to sympathize with Mike McCarthy on why we settled for damn near a 60-yard field goal to win the game, but um, truth be told, it worked out. Um, a lot of factors, him not being able to see the clock, the clock going off, uh, Kellen Moore not being able to see the clock. Like I, I just don't know how you're a coach and you can't see the clock. Uh, there's clocks all around the stadium. Uh, on top of the fact that's, that's a brand new stadium at that, so I uh, I just don't see it. I don't buy it, but I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt, which is why you're landing at number five. Number four, the Dolphins. Dolphins are in a rough spot. Tua goes down with an injury. 
Uh, they get blown out by Buffalo. They were sitting high and mighty after week one with their win. Turn around on week two and, and just get get worked. Um, in the three spot, Mike Leach. Randy, Mike Leach, the most overpaid, overvalued head coach in, in college football? Got to be one of them. Got to be. I agree. Uh, let, Mike, let me, Mike, Mike Norvell might be there, too. Let, <laughs> let, me, let me ask you a question, Daniel. You yep. roll you rolled out this this bad list and had leads three and I can't believe unless I was sleeping that you didn't have the Memphis Tigers in that five power rankings. Well, when you're a Memphis Tiger fan and you play somebody like Ole Miss or Mississippi State, what you saw on Saturday is what you expect to happen. So But yeah, but you, but yet you put the Arizona Cardinals there who only won because the Minnesota kicker shanked the kick to win the game at the end. Hey, sometimes you got to be lucky than good. <laughs> so. Like Number the Memphis two. Tigers, right? Hey, no, that I, I'm joking. I, that was a sarcasm. That was a joke. They, they played the hand that was given. I was them, just so. throwing a joke. Uh, Number two, Florida State. Um, it, it's not good right now. And as much as we like Mike Norvell, I think. Jim, you mentioned it like he he could have the final nail being driven in as we speak. So um, good guy, good coach for the University of Memphis. Not sure what the problem is at Florida State. Hopefully they give him more time. But as of right now, he lands number two on the not so hot list. And number one, San Diego Padres, Fernando Tatis, Manny Machado. Boys, get your shit together. If not, y'all going to be watching playoffs rest of the season on on tv on the couch at home so there it is the hot and the not so hot anything else to add before we get up out of here guys nah nope all right i, I would have i would have maybe put tyler o'neill as my number one you know it makes me sweat a little bit jim's number one looks like this tyler o'neill Tyler O'Neill. No, Taysom Hill had a seven-yard Taysom, run. He get he gets Taysom, in there. Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill, and then number one is I don't know did, a mixture of a Tyler O'Neill. Hey, did did, did either y'all did either y'all watch the Saints game? I just I real quick. Did either y'all watch it? No. no, God no. Who would watch that? Okay, so so Randy, let me ask you a question. Hat. How from the eight yard line do you do a, a quarterback draw with Taysom, and he gets you to the one, and then the next play you do a pitch to Alvin Kamara where he loses eight yards? How do you not go right back to the draw so he can get the one yard? Just, just curious. Sean mm. Payton, Sean Payton got cute and it didn't work out, but he does it a lot. So anyway, Taysom, that's that. Taysom is just his workhorse. No, I think he's got Kamara in fantasy. Maybe, maybe. All right, another great episode. I want to thank our great our guest, Grace Storty, for joining us. Uh, hopefully you guys get a chance to check her out. Uh, Thursday, 5 o'clock, ESPN Plus are taking on conference foe UCF. If you like hearing us average shows, talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, your comments, ratings, and feedback is always welcome. Check out the website. It's off the chain. J 
Jim, you're doing a great job with the website. You got the merch on there. If you need an in off the bench t-shirt, check it out. You get hooked up your color of your team any way you want it. Customize it. Do it, do it up right. Uh, it'll help support our guests and, and get their stories out there. And also, you know, advertise the website and the podcast to others that are interested in hearing the same stories that you do. We're going to see everybody next week for episode four. We're going to talk the fall baseball season with University of Tennessee walk-off specialist, Drew Gilbert. This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out.